It's November 17th, 2010. <laughs> and this is Idle Thumbs episode 36. We're all happily here now that Chris decided <laughs> to stay in San Francisco. And Nick Brick, I hope, you back I hope you've been enjoying the past be 14 casts. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this joke reminds me of that one time when we also ended the podcast. Oh, man. What the fuck is this? This we need some silence. is video games. <laughs> okay, silence. August 26, 2010, and this is the Idle Thumbs Podcast, episode 13. And I'm Chris Remo. I'm Steve Gaynor. I'm Sean Vanneman. And I'm Jake Rodkin. And goodbye. <laughs> Chris ruins everything. I do. I ruin all the things, including this this thing. Sorry well, about that. Here we are, surrounded here by your boxes. Are. Much more <laughs> yeah. packed than last time. Um, That's true. It's a sweltering 104 degrees in yeah. here. I just cried. That's just sweat, actually. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I get confused by that. They're both salty. Yeah. As is your disposition tonight. <laughs> My salty disposition. Yeah. 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 What is this, your third to final day? Fourth to final day of being a San Franciscan? Yeah. Yeah. I guess it's something around that. Yeah. yeah. And then you become a douche. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking Bostonian, but I guess. Oh, no, 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 I don't, no, I don't care where you're the moving. The proper term is <laughs> You've been spending a lot of time in Boston. Whoa. And neither have I. I'm just... You just know. <laughs> casting aspersions. <laughs> Sweet. On their anybody, anybody heard about the new um, the Bioshock game? Anybody seen anything about this? <laughs> the Nervous <laughs> Den? Wow. Really early for a plug, <laughs> Steve. No, Jeez. No, wow. going for. Infinite. Yeah. Oh. The infinite expanse of Bioshock. Have I, you heard I, about it? I heard about that game. Oh, yeah. So you're just going to talk about everything about it. Well, you've been making it in stealth for the last few months. Yeah, for quite a while. <laughs> you've, been, you've been emailing since 2007. Them yeah. updates yeah. to the source you've been, code. You've been faxing them updates. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. They've been getting some screenshots. It's been a long, that's why it took so long to, to get to the point where it could be announced. It was a yeah. very laborious process. Well, how's it going? Oh, with the faxing? Pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> just a couple more faxes and then you'll and be then on site. <laughs> Yeah, the last the last few of Chris's, uh, and you can just write the notes directly on Ken Levine's desk and not have to fax it to him. <laughs> Much yep. more convenient. Well, that's good. I don't know. Uh, Irrational Games adheres to the aesthetic of the of the System Shock Two, so Chris will still in fact <laughs> fax them to Ken Levine, yeah. where they'll appear on his cyber screen. The <laughs> By which I mean a green piece of glass uh, hovering over his right eye at all times. Yeah, it's pretty sweet. He holds up a scream sheet in front of it, which which the piece <laughs> of glass. Then it picks out the most relevant articles to his eyeball. Well, I think that I think the scream sheet just has like code on it, and then the green piece of glass <laughs> interprets, interprets that, that yeah. into. That's about right. Uh, yeah. Newspapers will consist entirely of faxed source code parsed <laughs> by iBeam. Uh, man, Irrational's weird. Yeah, it's a pretty. Wow, I've never I, the studios I've worked at haven't really been like that, but it sounds interesting. Well, I mean, you know. That's why Irrational uh, has the reputation they do. They're ahead of the game. Yeah. Yep. 
for doing shit real weirdly. Do <laughs> <laughs> uh, you guys, Jake, did you guys watch the trailer or Jake what? Had, Jake had some super thoughts about the trailer. We talked about it over lunch, over sandwiches. That was like four weeks ago or I know. something. I don't you know. had a turkey and cranberry with coleslaw sandwich. <laughs> and I had vegetarian chili in a bread bowl. I remember it exactly. Wow. Well, why don't you just tell us what yeah, Jake what said Because I also remember that sandwich. It was delicious. Yeah, well, Jake had one major point, which was... <laughs> you know. That, this is a pretty awesome discussion. That having the coleslaw on this sandwich is really great. Oh, 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 that was his question, actually. Because coleslaw is such a mainstay in American food culture, do you feel as if there is coleslaw in Colombia as sort of representational food metaphor for what is it to be an American? Did you fax that in? I declined to fax in that particular spec. <laughs> that one know. got garbled and it wasn't, yeah. wasn't worth it. too bad. Yeah. Mm. Some sort of... Yeah. I do think what the, the move of the franchise is really cool. Yeah. I don't know why I'm... This, I'm directing it towards you as if you now represent the franchise, which you do, I guess, in one way or another. <laughs> which means you can't talk about it on this podcast. But the three of us can. <laughs> Steve probably can't either. <laughs> John Williams is now owed 18 yeah, we'll, we'll talk about that after that. <laughs> yeah, whoa, dude, whoa, whoa, whoa. Bioshock colon back into Samuel Jackson's yeah. arm. <laughs> whoa. Spin off really, Yeah, they're really broadening the settings. And... I'd heard that Ken was a fan of the podcast. Now, proof. <laughs> Absolute proof. <laughs> Um. <laughs> he just picks up a phone. Get me that arm. I guess I could just model it. They had top scientists. <laughs> no, they had top scientists scan in and articulate that. They arm. kidnapped Samuel Jackson. Yeah, and then they scanned his arm. Samuel Jackson's DNA <laughs> and then put it in and amber. Then cloned it in an, an embryo for several million years. And then... <laughs> oh, they put it. They and then they got they, a mosquito bit Samuel Jackson, yeah, which right. they sent back yeah, in time, trapped yeah. it in amber. Right. They just wanted. Ken to Levine has that cane now. Yeah. Yeah. He has that cane that has uh, a mosquito an, an embryo. Jackson's or, yeah, DNA. And, and, and an amber sphere that yeah that has a mosquito that has Samuel Jackson's DNA. <laughs> and they cloned a Samuel Jackson arm. Uh, just the arm, though. Just, just the arm. Like in the fifth element. You yeah. guys have amazing budgets. Yeah. Wow. For some reason, I thought you were going to say amazing butts. Well, well you're supposed to hold on to your butts. You're supposed to hold on to Exactly. They're so amazing, I want to hold on to them. Hold on to. On which to hold. That's so crazy. So, like, I mean, we're now finding out, I mean... This is a pretty big yeah, scoop. Speaking for us. of hot scoops, that, uh, I don't know if Samuel Jackson is in the new Bioshock. Yeah, you are now. Are you going to give him the hot scoops mantle that he is now going to tell us details about the new Bioshock? Game? I bestow upon you, that's how Chris you Remo, it. the mantle of hot scoops as you depart this podcast and oh, ascend man. into the echelons. I don't, I don't know about that. Where, where are the scoops with, with video, pride? Yeah. Wow, Chris, hot scoops, Remo. Where, where are these scoops in good health? One. And oh. Steve Gunga Galunga Gator. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> I'm, I'll take that chair. <laughs> uh, I do think I was trying to make a point. Yeah. Not about coleslaw, mm-hmm. but um, coleslaw powers Bioshock you. being, and I mean, this is kind of John. I don't know. Did you read the John Teddy preview? No, I didn't. He writes for the AV Club and he's a really good guy. And yeah, I've he, read stuff I really, I'm really him, happy. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, I always like the way he writes and the way he reports on stuff. But um, him talking about Bioshock, and I, I don't know if this was said in the in the press conference, so I might just be ahead, giving sure. credit where it's not. That due. press conference looked crazy, by the way. Anyway, yeah. <clears throat> but Bioshock is being walls. like an, a label now for kind of a reinterpretation of like Americana via this lens that is, I guess, Ken's lens. Yeah, but I mean, uh, that's very cool. Yeah, I mean, I don't think that was ex- like explicitly stated, but I think that's the implication that that you know, rather than being a particular uh, setting or or canon or, or universe or whatever, Bioshock is more just. 
you know, how, how do you express ideas about like particular facets of, of American history or life or culture, you know, through so you're going on crazy, the record saying that's I don't know. Well, I mean, but, well, but really, though, that's I, to I, me the implication. Well, I, I watched an interview with Ken where he spoke yeah. directly to that, but he didn't actually address any of the fictional stuff. It was all yeah. like Bioshock isn't any specific set of ideas. Right. It's like you go into a fantastical world. <laughs> Ideology that is as impossible. hilarious city. <laughs> not, not really. I mean, it's just like. Well, that's what seems to be the case but in the first day. I'm trying to quote here. I'm trying to paraphrase. <laughs> You're please, tr- Steve, please paraphrase. You more to- like Skyoshock. Am I right? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that was. No, that doesn't sound like what he said. I'm pretty sure ahead, that Steve. he had that shirt on. Put your words into his mouth. Go for it. Creepy. Cram, cram and put his, and put then those regurgitated words into our ears. I don't know this is a joystick interview. He was talking about like player choice and being able to play your way and go to an immersive, fantastical place that feels real because you are in it, you know. But like the specifics are not what defines Bioshock. It's more of like that player experience. And I don't know. Maybe that extends to and it reexamines our culture through yeah, this I lens. Mean, but but I mean I, that, that that's I, the kind of thing that it might just be. Circumstantial, that, yeah. Like yeah. that might not necessarily. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't think that's absolutely. Really I think native to Bioshock for, either. For the, for the, I, also I, I think for the near for the near term future, it's probably a moot point anyway. I mean, given the fact that this game will have come out, yeah. you know, five years after Bioshock, right. the thought of whatever Irrational does after this game is probably so far in the future. Yeah. Well, even if it has the Bioshock, it's, an, it's sort of an entirely it, academic. Sort of like, yeah. They are establishing though the exponential distance scale. The sort of that's true. Bioshock, like if you look at sort of the exponential ramp going, you know, slowly, and then whoa, Bioshock and to Bioshock Two, is right? Bioshock to Bioshock Two, it's like you know, you're kind of it's in Rapture, then a different part of Rapture, then we launch up to the sky, and then the next jump is like hopefully log- logarithmic. It just yeah, yeah. is Moonshock? No, Space oh. Station, Bioshock space Four, station shock. yeah, Space Shock, yeah, yeah, like and then and then Episode Five, the that scale goes moon. all the way out to the moon, Bio Moon, like Moonshock, one, two, okay. three, four, five, yeah, fucking Moonshock. Then the next one, you've got to be in like a parallel universe or some shit. I mean, at that point. Once you start getting exponential, it's actually just in a black hole. That's it. It's, just, yeah. it's, right. the, edge it's of, the edge it's, of existence. It's, it's Bioshock it's very... beyond the infinite. Oh man! Oh mm. shit! TM copyright out of thumbs 2010, <laughs> 2010. Yeah, right. uh, I think we're it's actually copyright. Should register that URL. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, uh, there's Bioshock.com. Squad. Yeah, Bioshock.com is now under. It's been squatted like, for yeah. like a long time from yeah. some like, since, uh, like 2004. Yeah, apparently since before the trademark for Bioshock was registered. Yeah. It's uh, it's up for debate whether or not the the space station Bioshock is the 80s like sort of 70s 80s Cold War NASA style or if that's the moon base, but. One of those two is probably going to be. I feel like the sixty. One of them's going to look kind of like Skylab, and one of them's going to kind of hopefully look kind of like two thousand one. That's my hope, and that's confirmed by Chris Remo of Irrational Games. <laughs> Jesus. Oh, Chris Hot Scoops Remo. Zero just let us know that Jake's video games Rodkin is art directing Bioshocks four <laughs> and five from this chair. It doesn't have arms. He will. He will back on his, his, the facts his, eye for. So. <laughs> The Fast facts. For- oh, yeah, yeah, that's true. Fast forward eight years, an Idle Thumbs forum goer quotes this when both of those things are true. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you won't be playing that Bioshock game with a controller. In your hand. In your hand. <laughs> Instead, <laughs> you so a sweet con- skateboarder peripheral. <laughs> was the quote a controller in your hand? Yeah, it was in your hand. A controller, comma, in your hand makes it sound way more just like well, that's, dirty. Because that's, well, it was still a controller. Sorted. It was oh, like a true. foot controller. You know, it's like those toe gloves or socks. <laughs> right. The glove socks. Oh, I or, hate or toe so the shoes. They're called toe shoes. Oh, the you rubber like the sandals that have. Yes. Oh yeah, right. They, those they just, look, those just come with a gross beard. Shoes. Yes, they're horrible. <laughs> <laughs> I'll go on the record as saying that they're horrible. Yeah. 
I'm sure they're comfortable. But that's that's how you'll explore the surface of the moon in Bioshock 5. <laughs> you'll... But there might be like a diode in each little toe thing. I mean, yeah. you know. There'll be sensors. It's toe force feedback. It's a haptic response. Like a God. servo in there somewhere. Probably a servo. So what else is going on in the world? <laughs> really, I will say, I mean, well, what, what we are you some, actually going to say about very, the game? We had some very Jake. salient yeah, thoughts. Yeah, Jake, Jake wanted to talk about this, and now he's... Oh, I don't remember. I, think past the coleslaw. I mean, I was. it's the same thing that everyone has talked about at this point, which is just the stuff like, are these games in the same universe, or is it Final Fantasy style, sort of... I think that's what we were talking about, because it was like the day the trailer came out, and we were like, oh, what a da 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 Right. And I really hope that they are just completely separate and that there isn't even a tiny thread going between because I really 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 like Rapture and Andrew Ryan and all that stuff and the idea that it's now it would potentially be retconned so that Andrew Ryan built Rapture because he was inspired by this other <laughs> enormous uh, ideology as city that existed when he was a kid would would as a fanboy of Bioshock it would kind of disappoint me unless there's some brilliant brilliant thing that, that they can do to twist that around yeah. that, that makes me just go oh shit but <laughs> I'd almost rather they just keep it clean mm -hmm. and I don't know I mean it's the implication that I mean the internet at least right now seems to think that they're they're separate things yeah. like, well, because when like you crash Final in Fantasy. that plane in the first minute of the first Bioshock you don't have but I think I was like, oh, good, it's like Columbia <laughs> <laughs> Uh, like you know, <laughs> it's I like, like it's it's the, the 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 one sentence your character says. <laughs> right, in patch that in. It's well, like the Valve Portal style patch. Right, where you go back yeah. And, yeah. Well, it's just like you know, you read the article. Uh, there was some article Don't about a little a little kid again. where someone oh, made them watch the Star well, Wars. What? Oh, yeah. you hear it echoing. It's narration. Yeah. yeah, I can't really tell. I guess he wasn't saying but it. Like loud. what at the beginning of the he does oh, talk. Yeah, but he, he says sort something of like, like, I'm always, destined for great I always things. interpreted that as like internal monologue. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah, that me seems too. like it to me. But, yeah. Jake, but maybe Jake's he... like, blah, 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 that implies speaking no, with the doesn't. actual mouth. His, his internal like, monologue could just be underwater. I don't see any problem with that. Yeah, it just, it reminded me, like I read an article that where someone asked their kid to watch Star Wars 1, 2, 3, and then watch 4, 5, 6, and the kid was like, fuck that kid. Where the kid was like, I guess Chewbacca is the only Wookiee that survived the Clone Wars. It's like, what is that's your takeaway like weird so if 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 infinite is in the same world it would therefore be a prequel and Wait, then i would be so the kid which ones did the kid watch first the kid watched them in chronological order so when he so got the to the sequels when he got, oh, when he got to four five six Hilarious. when he got to uh, a new hope and empire strikes back he was like oh man yoda looks weird oh man i guess i guess only <laughs> chewbacca survived out of all the wookies where's the like yeah <laughs> That's really good. Yeah. That's so mean. Did you guys see Their by the one way? social experiment just ruined Star Wars for that poor kid. Yeah, I know. Did you? This is probably a little outside of the scope of Battle Thumbs, but real quickly, did you guys see the, the last interview one? Fuck it. Gary, about... Gary Kurtz talking about Star Wars stuff. Yeah, I mean that was a really interesting interview. That really like you're not a big enough Star Wars dork to have known that that story existed before that interview, apparently. What, which the, story? Just Gary, Gary Kurtz oh, no, versus George really. Lucas. I mean, I love about, the, first, like, the like, ending of the third movie. Yeah, about yeah. just yeah. He, okay, well, that might, you, okay. I, I so I'm sure all that shit name. is. I'm sure all that shit is common knowledge. Well, no, but, I, I, like, I didn't know that until the. I, I assume we're talking about the same I didn't know stuff. Either. Or he yeah. was talking about the guy the who was. He was like Lucas's. Of, yeah. Lucas's like sort of at least like sort of tacit creative partner on American Graffiti and the first two Star Warses, and then. Everyone is always like, oh, George Lucas just needs an editor. George Lucas just needs someone to tell him no. Whoops, that guy totally existed and then was deleted. Yeah, yeah. Well, no, I mean, it was interesting to me because I love the first two Star Wars movies a lot. And I'm not really like a huge fan of the third one. And I couldn't give two shits about the prequels. And it was interesting to read that guy's 
statements and be like, oh man, this is exactly how I feel about the first two Star Wars movies, and that's exactly why I'm like a little less enthusiastic about the third one, and why the other ones are just bullshit. Like I just couldn't, you know. It's important contributions to canon. Yeah, all right. It, it kind of you like canon, don't you? It, it kind of it, it reminded <laughs> me of that uh, that line from wasn't it? You did the the interview with uh, Fergus Urquhart about uh, Fallout New Vegas, and he was talking about yeah, Fallout yeah. One and Two. Uh-huh. Yeah, and there was that that one line in it that I had a similar feeling where he, where I think you asked about like what was up with the tonal differences between Fallout One and Two, and he right. was just sort of like, "Well, that was a good response." I was a lead designer on the first game. On the second game, I was project lead and had way more shit to handle, and so like the designers occasionally would say like, "Hey, I'm going to put some tongue in cheek." stuff in my part and i was like all right and i didn't keep a close enough eye on it and then it shipped and there was just jokes everywhere everyone sort of assumed i'll be the one guy who does this and and, i'll have the wacky part and it took and they built that game in like eight months so there just wasn't a ton of oversight and well i think they like basically restarted it at one point during that yeah well no no, i I think it was like a year and a half or two year project and then they restarted it it with anyway uh and yeah i read that and i was like that totally makes sense yep i thank you for like I now understand why I felt that way about those games. Like, it's right. cool to see those kinds of things from the inside. Exactly. Even if it takes like 10 or 12 years after it's released. Look to how find we tie it out. that into video games. Jesus, we're so good. It was a, <laughs> it was a super sick seg. It was a great seg. It was an ultra seg. Yeah. I just got 4x combo points for that. Wow. It was, it was, super it was, a, it was a ka 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 combo breaker. No, I have the combo. Oh, you've used no it. one broke it. It was unbroken. You're... There was an amazing seg in there. Oh, you you just broke it because now we've yeah, totally no, got off. Now it's on track. <laughs> You're the fucking combo breaker. Thank you for the combo breaker. Way to go, famous. God, not so famous anymore. That's true. That's infamous. True. Your new super catchy more nickname like is going to be Combo right. Breaker Vanaman. That's fine. Because you break combos. Oh, okay. <laughs> What else has been going on in the world of fucking yeah. video games? I uh, uh. I played the first like a couple hours of um, Cannon Lynch Two. <clears throat> oh yeah, those are the good I hours saw, of that I, game. Yeah. I saw uh, a bus ad for that today. I saw an ad for There's it on Steam. It was ads. all of Steam. Yeah, that's true. When He's got out. Milk Eye. He's got the Jordy LaForge Milk Eye. He's got like the. <laughs> well, that's a pretty common thing in video game characters to have the scar running over the eye and the discolored eye. eye. Yeah, yeah, that's a classic move. There's a, yeah. you, you it's, no, it's one of the great. Of it's games. one of the great moves of video game character design. Remember when I wanted to put that in Jurassic Park? Milk guy, it's not in there, but yeah. Oh, there were some good things that we can't talk about. Oh, yeah, I know. One day we'll do the. Let's not go there. We'll what were the, the first two hours? We'll of do that. Too, that like? um, it was interesting. Yeah. Fall Light because we talk about Jordy LaForge Milk guy. Sorry, go ahead. I, <laughs> good job. <laughs> um, there it's was. Hot in here. It was. Yeah, it is. It is actually. It is quite hot. It's the worst. Uh, in here, so take off all your clothes. Um, <laughs> no, it was oh. really, it was like very striking. What you play, meant to say to was the, uh, swap it like it's hot. That's true. Uh, Antec, believe it. It was it was strange to <laughs> play the first couple hours of that now. game because the um, obviously IO. I mean, it's beyond obvious that IO really likes. Well, that was the slogan. I guess Michael too, the Mann films a lot. Yeah. Is that kind of scene is like the main touchstone there, and they really like just went balls out. For that aesthetic permeating like every aspect balls of the game. out is the worst the worst hand gesture just now. Oh, did I did I? Oh, the balls came all <laughs> the way out. I implied that balls were in fact out like and presented. Yeah. Yes, the balls on a silver were, plate. Yes, the dinner remover is lifted. It was more just like dinner from, remover. Anyway, the dinner revealer. Dinner revealer. That was. <laughs> 
I don't know what the what the silver thing is called. We when we played a lot of Smash Brothers uh, <laughs> Brawl, uh, like assist characters and various things. Were... Yeah, come out of the stupid thing that a butler will use to pre- reveal your fucking dinner. <laughs> I don't know what it's called. The thing that keeps your dinner warm. The yeah. silver bell or keeps thing keeps it hidden at least. Yeah, <laughs> and someone someone puts their yeah, balls in it as a our, dinner our friend our friend Mike kept being like, oh, it's the dinner revealer, and Waluigi <laughs> is inside of it or whatever. Yeah. Like. Anyway, so now I call. I always think of it as a yeah, dinner. I reveal. like that. So, so anyway, so Cannon um, Lynch uh, too. They were definitely exposes your balls. They they opened the dinner revealer to reveal your balls, uh, which were out. Yeah, and uh, to it's, what ends? <laughs> <laughs> they they used that strange maneuver to to craft a game that is really 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 dedicated to that um, like cell phone video really like shaky cam yeah uh, aesthetic YouTube in a way that distortion yeah yeah like really it, it's really extreme i mean it looks like you know the, the well, that's that's why the all the ads have like passed on deliberately a, shit yeah, jpeg compression exactly yeah. like it, it looks like the sort of uh weird impromptu footage that like just some dude sends to the local news station yeah and like to, and it was so so it's I like mean, cloverfield yeah i didn't see that movie but i mean it seems like that's that what, that, what that was but um it, it I, like honestly i was playing it and i like within the first 20 minutes it took me a really long time to get over the like sneaking assumption like i kept thinking whichever guy you control lynch i guess lynch, yeah. uh was literally gonna like turn around and like look at the camera guy like it it really 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 feels he was like gonna documentary it up actual, the most. yeah like yeah. there's an actual well, documentary well, it's, it's canon lynch and joe pesci <laughs> videotaping it <laughs> the entire game is shot with like like handheld yeah. you know like camera motion. but there's no actual guy there right i mean like in the fiction did you beat no. the game there's a guy there because yeah, well, it yeah, really like see, no. it's so like they go for that to such no, it, a degree it's, it's, like, that did, i seriously guys, expected there to be a dude yeah. did you did you guys ever see the spanish movie wreck they remade no, it into that movie quarantine in the it was like a horror movie uh and it took place entirely in an apartment building that was like shut down i saw the trailer there for was it. like a zombie outbreak basically uh-uh. um it's an interesting movie you'd actually i think you'd like it you should it's watch it yeah. uh but the whole movie is like predicated on this little this like two-person news team goes to they're, they're filming it right and so like the entire movie yeah there is a cameraman in it but he doesn't like put down the camera or anything until the very end so people are like addressing him and he's like climbing around on shit and like the camera and the cameraman are act you know like are are important parts of the film and it's really cool but uh, canon lynch 2 didn't do that canon lynch 2 it was just the treatment of a floating cam well there was uh, a there was another movie i forget that i saw i forget if it was god if it was, it was the blair witch french, project french film maybe okay. about a documentary film crew that follows a serial killer around hmm. and like documents his daily routine as a serial killer <laughs> and i mean it was it was like a fairly disturbing movie um because they really, you know, they really sell it like that. I mean, it really looks like it was just filmed by these kids going around at the serial yeah. killer. And it, I mean, it, it, same basic concept. Um, uh, but it was weird to see it in a game, you know, where where it's not acknowledged, but everything's still dynamic. Because, you know, in a film, it's less in your face because you, things just sort of happen in a very prescribed manner. Whereas in a game, when you stop, you know, you start running and you go into that really crazy shaky mode and you stop running because you just decide to and then it kind of just slows down yeah. to a little bit of a swim and like it yeah. it and becomes it reminds you of it much more the, I, I mean don't... like that specific aspect too like uh they really make the presence of the camera yeah and, and like part of the av cuz when you do that sprint 
it has the like, like, right, right, like exactly, wind yeah. rushing oh, the wind past the mic. And that's you know? the kind of thing that becomes really easily broken because once I noticed that, I started running for like half a second and stopping and running for half a second. Stopping. And yeah, it just it becomes absurd. Like, yeah. Which makes me, and it made me really reflect on just how, like what is the place for that kind of thing in games? You know, like yeah. what's the place of making, I mean, is it possible to make a game that's really unpleasant to play? Like, there are certainly movies that I have. Oh, it's found. possible. You, you well, know, no. Well, I mean, obviously, it's possible. No, you mean, I mean deliberately aesthetically? Right. Yeah. Deliberately. You, you know what I just pictured? Which, which, well, so there's, yeah, there is like that kind of. I, I think that's kind of explored by people like, uh, like uh, Mark Essen, you know, and some of like the indie guys who have mm-hmm. like these kind of punishing AV setups for their games. But the thing it just made me picture like an indie game which where. Which guy is that? uh mess off he's no guy which games though uh like he that that, that weird like uh, atari looking fencing game nidhog that is oh, no, currently passing around like he did fly wrench fly wrench that's what yeah. i was thinking yes okay yeah yeah that that I so agree. so there's that kind of stuff it's it's not in like the triple a space at all but yeah. i just pictured an indie game that's like a third person shooter very standard over the shoulder first person shooter but it's co-op and one person is the person shooting the other one is the cameraman and you have to work together so yeah, it's like they can get me in the shot <laughs> yeah yeah so, well, I mean, so, so that you like... can see who you're shooting at like yeah. that'd be weird that would have been I mean, the best like, cannon lynch uh, too actually if uh, i was God, yeah. i was want i was hoping yeah I, that would be the best it. if it's well, just like wanting that game <laughs> that's now on the internet so <laughs> well because i mean there's idea. stuff like michigan report from hell that i never played because it was never released in north america but that and was like hell cab a grasshopper game where you play as, a, as, a, as far as I'm button. aware, like a cameraman who's basically yeah. filming like a zombie mm-hmm. invasion. Yep. Which is, and there's Fatal Frame. Yeah. I mean, there's, mm-hmm. there's Fatal stuff. Frame, you just use a camera as the player. Yeah, oh, I yeah. love that. I mean, any time. I wish games made that more of a thing. Like, yeah. As opposed to just uh, research and points. Like, if Head Dead right. Rising had been more about that, I would have really enjoyed that game. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, beyond just the, the, <laughs> the notion just of like the sort of camera aspect, you know, it was it was interesting to me that there were times when that when that that chosen deliberate aesthetic was really like disorienting and weird and and that I, would actually be really cool like the yeah. like so, something that you're just uh, that you just reminded me of is like you know how, how how when you get knocked down in that game yeah and you just press a button to like stand up yeah it would be awesome if the cameraman was a character and when you hit A to get up. It does a camera animation of the guy like he like reaches, reaches out, reaching out, yeah, yeah. Yeah. the camera kind of yeah. up and then that was up, yeah. If like, that was a third yeah. position. Oh, like if, if you a... see the cameraman actually bail yeah. you it's, out, it's, it's like, like, it's like it's... The, the, the lens kind of tilts a bit as he loses his full control over it and he reaches. And out And you his see hand. his arm reach out from first yeah. person, yeah. pick yeah. you up, and then he goes back to being <laughs> the camera. Like, Far Cry Two hand goes flying in for a second, and then he takes a malaria pill. That would be interesting. Like, well, because what I was because what I was actually picturing is like if he was there, he'd probably have a sidearm and like be trying to defend himself. And I was like, it'd be hilarious if every once in a while you got near an enemy and you just see a hand reach. Oh, yeah. and, and I was I like, mean, and no, I was like, that would never happen. But he could help you up, and it would definitely say "Baba Booey." No, I mean that would be amazing if the perspective of your character that you're playing is different than the perspective of the actual game, like window yeah. to the game world. I mean, that would be. There's no reason you couldn't do it. I mean, we yeah. already work with disconnected, I mean, like semi floating. This exact cameras. same thing has I already mean, been done, though. What? In Mario Kart. Yeah, because the, it's, oh, that's it's, a little yeah. too, right? and then he picks yeah. you up off a rainbow. That's not road. really. No, it's extended whatever. to the world though. Well, I mean, Steve ripped it off. But but I think it's I think it's actually funny though, right? <laughs> I'm kidding. Because it's like it's one of those things <laughs> where it it's yeah, it's lucky too. It's, the, it's, it's like the, in Mario sixty four. Yeah, exactly. And that's what's weird, right? Is because like the first time there was like a three dimensional orbiting camera. Miyamoto was like, well, we have to justify why there's a camera floating around and you. And you can it's... see Lakitu's fucking liberal bias in the way that Mario 64 <laughs> is presented. <laughs> Fuck that guy. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> and, 
in his documentary of yeah. the cart race. Yeah, he only shows certain events in, <laughs> yeah. in, Mario, in Mario 64. You can see what he focuses on. What about on. the stuff you don't see? What about the Mario 64 cutting room floor? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All like, the shit Mario just lays to waste. It's fuck. It's like a it's like a Michael Moore movie. Yeah, it's fucked up. You, yeah, what you don't see is the Monty Mole uh, alternative documentary. <laughs> <laughs> but it's because he tries to be funny and dressed like Lakitu, and it's just bullshit. He finds his fat friend. Yeah, it just it does. It, does, it could never get distribution. Yeah, it's garbage. Yeah, ugh, fuck. Yeah, he makes some valid points. I don't know, but. I don't, know. don't you find though it's just enjoyable as a game? I mean, you know, I mean, you say what you will about about the point he's making. I mean, isn't the art the art artist artistry of the documentary like enjoyable no matter what to you? You know, what I have to say, Chris, fuck everything. Video games should be fun, <laughs> fun, fun, fun. I like fun. Yeah. Anyway, what are you gonna say about Cannon Lynch too? I think I'm done. I, I just like the, uh, the oh, idea I also, of that shit coming all the way back. <laughs> oh wait, around. you guys. Well, I mean, <laughs> I'm done. Off off of that like sort of weird <laughs> tangent we have, but like just in terms of actual content of the game, I really really enjoy the fact that at least for the parts I've played. Well, no, I mean now actually at the point I'm, I'm at, there aren't as many guys, but whatever. For, for the beginning of the game, you're basically hanging out. Like you and your character and all the guys you're with are these really fucking dumpy middle-aged guys with really terrible like tacky haircuts. Like there's yep. bald spots and guys with horrible like middle-aged ponytails yep. and then Lynch's weird bald head with long hair behind it. Like this is awesome. These are the most yeah. hilarious video game protagonists. Yeah, Kane's horrible blue yeah. felt suit with like oh a my God, awful looking so good. store tie. Yeah. I love. No, I fucking love it. I, I mean, mean the, I, there I are think... a lot of flaws in these in the Kane and Lynch games, like a lot of flaws, but. Oh my god, I fucking love some of the shit that I was willing to put yeah. in these weird-ass games. The, the first couple of hours, I think, of Kane and Lynch 2 was really interesting yeah, yeah, and, and a lot of fun. It, Although, I do have to say, even in that amount of time, I get really tired of just going into another room and shooting a thousand guys. Yeah. It gets really, really old. Yeah, there isn't anything else no. in the game, but like the environments, I think, are really interesting, really, really well-realized. Yeah, yeah. I love just being in like their version of crazy, scummy like Shanghai that looks like it comes out of... Uh, uh, what's the the, the fucking movie uh, the, the John Woo movie you know Hard Boiled yeah, yeah yeah you know like that stuff is cool yeah um, and then it kind of falls off and it's I like, mean and the, it does they, they I mean whoever art directed this game did a really good job because yeah. all of the like the muzzle flashes and the lens flares and everything really like merge the light with bloom. the neon the neon signs and just the, the weird light bloom <laughs> yeah there is a ton yeah but it, but i actually like it in this game i don't usually like indiscriminate yeah. bloom but it's the whole, in this game the whole thing inside fits a shitty together camera. Yeah. to to create this crazy just like oppressive modern uh ultra mega city thing i mean yeah. it's just it, the whole thing comes together visually surprisingly well yeah. in ways that would be really obnoxious in most games i mean it's it's actually used cohesively in this one sweet yeah so what else is going on? Martin Goldbeck. What? Martin. What about Martin? Him? He was the art director. Oh, good job, Martin. Oh, thanks. Was oh, it called Lane? Can I don't know. Is that right? What? Can yeah, Two. Yeah, yeah. Dog Days. Ooh. He, he, might, have been, he might have been on the first one. Dead Men. This is two. No, no, no. Okay, well, whatever. A well guy, done. <laughs> a guy did a thing that was good. Um, I heard you guys played the Lara Croft and the and the Diablo of Diablo. Yeah, it is. It's, it's not very Diablo-y, it except for very, the isometric perspective. It is very Diablo-y, I think. You don't destroy very many creatures. You destroy tons of creatures, and you destroy tons I heard the game of was like nothing but shooting. Not, compared, all, not compared to when I played Diablo. All creatures and well, what, crates. What and game? Or what other pots. gameplay is there in it? Because I mean, wait, 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 wait. There's mad jumping. It. It's it, puzzle solving. Oh, oh, okay, cool. I mean, I but the environmental puzzles. There, there's puzzle a, solving. Yeah. There's a ton of puzzle. Step on this button. Right, oh, cool. that does this thing. Go over there, do that thing. Oh, wait, I need that thing to do. Yeah. And it's really cool. Did you play it co-op or single player? 
Single player. I played a single player too, but oh, I mean, I, not even why didn't yet. we both play co-op together? The you co-op's can, not out until you we can play it locally. Oh, locally. Yeah. Um, well, the co-op's not out. You could have come over. You're blatantly not a games journalist anymore. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna be surprising how much how much fewer shit you know in like a month about. How much, how much You'll start saying shit. things like how much fewer how much shit. Fewer shit. <laughs> Shut up. When I don't have to write a sentence anymore. We're gonna talk about Lara Croft. <laughs> so, um, yeah, we should have played that cooperatively because oh, that'd well. been good. I, uh, um, <laughs> no, I <laughs> felt like I'm not into this idea. I felt like I mean, I really like the single player, and I'm really impressed the, by the fact that they reworked so much stuff. The mapping of those very classic isometric mechanics to the controller is fantastic. Yeah, it feels very, very good. It feels very tactile. All, yeah, all um, the low-level design stuff is super good. The movement is great. You'll love it, actually, Chris, because you can just constantly mash the X button and be and rolling jump? around. Oh, rolling's all right. You'll like it. All right, it's yeah, a die-forward like, roll, and you have like you full like control while you do. No, no, I expect to like the. Oh, game. you have control yeah. while you roll. You have full oh, roll really? control. control while you roll. Yeah, Sold. Yeah. Extra bot day one perch. You, you can do like little Actually, tiny no, circles while machine. rolling. Like, well, no, that day one PC fun. perch will be perched. Oh, me. cool. Day one perch. The PC perch. A classic yeah. fish. Oh, the PC version is out yet. It'll come. It come, basically, oh, the, mm. the day the Xbox. I don't know. This must have been a weird timed exclusive thing. But the day yeah, the Xbox the, finally the, dies, <laughs> PC will rain. Because they're probably. It's probably the, the, the Xbox 360 mm? version gets oh, online co op is when the PSN and PC versions come Sorry, out. Sorry, this sounds like an ultimatum. The that's day really the weird. Xbox gets online co op is the day we'll the put day out the that PC I one. I'm bullet my brain. Oh, that's in like a week. <laughs> so I guess Bioshock Infinite's going to go unfinished then. <laughs> Um, that makes sense because so, they probably had to My slot will it into the, the summer of arcade. Faxes. That's kind of cool that they were like allowing them to be kind of creative about how to get the game out for the summer of arcade the right way. Yeah, could be. I mean, I, that's probably why they had to do that. Yeah. Um, I'm enjoying the hell out of it though. Yeah, I I think I need to play it cooperatively. I told my roommate when I left to record this podcast, hey, play this game and let me know if you like it because then we'll play it cooperatively because I don't think I'll stick with it if I play, play it myself. Really? This I is like the, the first game he's played since Far Cry 2, since he exploded. Like, he got pissed at Far Cry 2 when a grenade rolled to his feet. Um, I heard a grenade roll down a hill one time. That's all that, that happens in that game. <laughs> I heard it roll, it's essentially, it's essentially, it's essentially like that Rocket Sony Rocket Bravia commercial except with grenades. Except yeah. with one yeah. grenade yeah. and then your buddy's at the bottom of the hill and then you're at the hill also. But uh, I would play that cooperatively. Otherwise, I don't know if I'll game. Um, I, don't know. I, I, th- I think they did a great job of making it a totally valid single player experience even though it was built for co-op like my understanding is that they reworked all of the levels and like Laura's oh, really? abilities to play single player that's because cool. there's stuff where it was like you have to step it's on like two buttons at once four swords yeah. style and, so and they'll they do stuff like they will spawn in additional things so that you have a little puzzle to like weight yeah. it down with a block or there's something a lot of big heavy of balls your... you gotta roll around yeah that's, that's, which is actually that's a lot, a lot of, of effort especially considering <laughs> yeah. a lot of people are gonna be totally yeah. done with that game by the time co-op comes out or online co-op yeah but because yeah. yeah, also but i guess it'll give people a reason to if, it, if it it's actually like a substantially a different that, game then it does feel a game that where local co-op is probably very fun yeah it has that sort of they, they also did that. the cool thing where they consolidated the two pl- like the two players apparently in co-op have different abilities like the the, the second player, the Aztec guy, can like throw a spear that sticks into walls, and then Lara can like jump on top of them to oh, get I up think higher. It's such a better cooperative game than and single player. Like, in throw single me player, a spear. yeah, because in single player, <laughs> you, I mean, come on, throw me a spear well, here, like, guys. <laughs> really, please. Like that aspect of it. Because yeah. did you know? Okay, there's that first. It's got roll control. Though, it's got throw me a spear mode. The first time that those like the the more tough guys show up. Yeah, it's got the more tough guys. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck yeah. Throw Sean Bannerman, video well, game writer. Throw me a spear and the more video tough guy. Video game writer, not video album. game talker. Uh, <laughs> control, uh, roll control. 
But you know, there's that glowing room, and you get down there, and you have to throw a spear across the way to flip the switch, and then yeah. the one gate goes up. Sure. Yeah. That <laughs> was very difficult. It was, very, it, was, it was tough as one person. Remember I that part in that game where you have to open there. a button and the door opens? He said the first part. Is, is, does this game I have do Diablo style, like, time to die, except Lara Croft will say things like, throw me a spear. <laughs> throw me a spear. Roll control. This is for you. Time to die. Tough guys. Yeah. More tough I was guys. so surprised. I mean, tough guys. I had, More the tough with guys. this game is like creatively. I had it in my head. Just completely. I don't. And this is obviously there's no imagery to support this or messaging. But I had it in my head that it was going to be Lara Croft and like her cute friend. It was just. <laughs> like, I had. Like, oh, I mean, it was. It was like. Well, I mean, it was. I was beyond. Or like like I had already confirmed dude. it in my head. Like, oh, yeah. it's going to be like Barbie and Skipper. Like it was going to be like yeah. Lara Croft and like Cindy. Right. But it's not. It's, so it's Lara Croft and the tween Lara Croft. I don't know. Like her, like cousin. Say you, if you want to, like her cousin who's like from New Jersey. Her hot roommate. Like, that's kind of curious. <laughs> you know, really open to new experiences. Sean Vanaman had a really Sean particular. <laughs> I just expected a certain thing, and I didn't get it. And I got Aztecman, and uh, you got what? Aztecman, Aztec guy. Oh, general resurrected Aztec man. Yeah, and I wish he had. I mean, this is a dumb thing to say, but I wish he had an accent. Is he just Lara? Let's go. Here's a spear. Well, throw it on the wall. What, like, throw me a spear. Like all, <laughs> throw me, throw me a spear here. I mean, throw. Come on. Like yeah. all ancient Roman people and stuff, I think he has kind of a British accent. Yeah, like a, a deep man British accent. He doesn't have a British thing. accent. Isn't it sort of like no. that? I don't remember. He's not in it very much. <laughs> this is very he rolls in and goes, "Hi, I'm going to be a very important deciding. person in this video game," and then gives you a spear and says, "See ya." Yeah, yeah. But he has to in the single player. <laughs> yeah. Uh no I I've, I've it struck me more than in most things where this happens that I was just like I'm glad this ancient Aztec man can speak English uh, when he's resurrected well, by yeah. an ancient Mayan as, curse as opposed to what as opposed to Mel Gibson Speaking directing like, this game yeah subtitles okay, yeah. when does that happen yeah. in video games like I, like that they can't understand each other it's a co-op game where oh, they don't actually oh. have language that they can communicate like, like that would have been pretty awesome I feel like that's not as common as I would like you it to be you actually. Like that? I would have liked that. That would have been fantastic. There's yeah. there's one way they can oh. communicate, which they will discover after their time in the town. Yeah. <laughs> At about there, the end the, of the uh, second act. Yeah. In uh, Civ Five, all the cultures. I mean, there's English, you know, subtitles, but all the cultures speak their own language. So there's Montezuma of the Aztecs speaks in like crazy ancient dead Aztec language, which is pretty yeah. sweet. Yeah. Gibsonian. Huh? He's no Gibson. Gibsonian. Gibsonian. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I assume all you guys have seen that frame in the trailer. The frame of him with a giant beard and apocalyptic like trailer. chopping down on a cigar with a huge <laughs> yeah. beard, yeah. yeah. It's so funny. There are these with weirdly... like white painted people in the background. Yeah. <laughs> there are these really weird moments in culture where Mel Gibson's that? a decent person and the rest of it's Where horrible. he's just hilarious. Like, oh my all right. god. Well, so yeah. the, he has a casting situation find, going on? Yes, yeah. Go was... find the trailer to Apocalypto. I never actually saw the movie, but the I wanted to, I remember. But the trailer for that film, like yeah. months before it came out, um, if you there's like a certain point where they're doing a really fast um, just like frame by frame by frame of different scenes. And then and if you if you yeah, if you go through that in like quick time or something that allows you to go frame by frame and you just forward skip skip yeah. skip frame frame frame, eventually there will be one that is totally out like out of the con fictional context of the film that is just Mel Gibson with like huge Castro beard with a huge stupid grin chopping down on a huge cigar with like people with white face paint like looking from behind the whole in bunch the of background extras, a bunch yeah. of extras from the film yeah basically the 
background, and Mel Gibson just has this big, goofy ass cigar chomping grin. He might like, as well like, total, I made a movie. Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like being a total weirdo for one frame. And then yeah, and the only reason I saw that is because when I like I was for some reason super excited about that movie because it came out. And you were framing through the trailer. Yeah, and then you never saw it. And I'm like, oh man, here's all these little scenes I can look at. And then I'm just I got to the one, and I'm just like, what the fuck is this shit? And that made me want to see the movie even more and then i didn't so weird <laughs> but that trailer is totally worth watching for that this has moment. been the most culturally broad idle thumbs i know today you shouldn't have called it out because now we're going to be like games pac-man oh, no, i'm still going to talk about uh people whatever happened seen. to pac-man we should rename this podcast like we should rename it whatever happened to pac-man <laughs> we, should re- we should rename it like warp zone extra life and have the icon be yeah. a space invader alien that's yeah. why i'm naming my kid <laughs> Oh my god, Rachel's pregnant. Warp zone after uh, extra Venom. life. <laughs> On the Gainer. Gainer. Yeah. This is big Warp news. zone? Warp zone. Warp zone extra life. I told you. <laughs> Put your, down your, that your kid's gonna, your kid's super gonna mushroom. Up, your kid's going to grow up to be an author and ditch his last name and just go by uh, WZ extra life. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I just like picturing the parent when they get really stern using the kid's full name. And it's that. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone called him Warp as a kid, though. Warp, Have you guys... What was it? Warp Zone? Warp Zone. Okay. His full name... Uh, my full name is Warp Zone. It's like Warp Zone. Have you have, have we ever mentioned the the cookbook in Steve's, in Steve's house written by no we a haven't woman, a woman named Crescent Dragon Wagon? <laughs> that's my favorite name ever. Oh. There, there's there's a, there's a story in the book about yeah. why she has that name. You looked yeah. at it, right? I she's did. a real person. Yeah. This yeah. Isn't she's a, a real person. This isn't like... It's, no, it's she's she was got like a Wikipedia The Higgs Von whatever books by McSweeney's. No. She, no, 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 she no. ran away to like San Francisco when she like was 16, 16, like in the 60s, and changed her name legally to Crescent Dragon Wagon because she was a big hippie. Well, I mean, her new husband, they both changed their name to Dragon Wagon. Uh, he did not... Uh, they got divorced pretty soon after. He did not keep it, but she kept hers. Is this Bronx Johnson? Oh, no, no, no. Okay. That's fine. I had a, never mind. What? About, You're talking about no, Rick no, Johnson? No, no, no. I'm not going to mention a friend of the podcast who doesn't listen to podcasts or play games. Sweet. Anyway, games. names that are irrelevant to everyone. Except our readers. Hi, everybody. Thanks for giving <laughs> us your time and your bandwidth. Should we take a break? Yeah. Yeah. Break. Can you take one? Oof. That was fucking a weird shit. fucking first half. Oh, my God. The heat is cooking our Rick Johnson. Video <laughs> <laughs> game. Dude, you like those 33 guys in Chile? What? The Chilean miners that I was telling you about? What? That are 2,300 oh, feet under the surface? Yeah. Yeah. What? Why? We've been there for three months. Why are they? Why is he like them? I missed that. Because he had water and he wasn't sharing. Oh. Were they doing that to each other? That was the only water. No, I think they're sharing. So it takes nothing like a Chilean miner. No. He's also not trapped 2,300 feet under the ground. Oh, and I thought you were referring to like a Chilean Chilean's. youth. A Chilean minor. <laughs> a Chilean child. A Chilean adolescent. You're a Chilean 17 year old. Yeah. A hot Chilean, Chilean 17 year old hanging out with Lara Croft. Getting all sweaty together. I really had that. That I was mean, hilarious. That, that was your fucking expectation of that guy. It wasn't even like an expectation. It's not like I was sitting around no, going, oh belief. man. You said it was a fight. You were convinced. No, I was, but it wasn't like I was sitting around being, oh sweet, yes, yes. I just was. Yeah, I had already was going to have a hot friend. It I was been, thinking redhead. It is. <laughs> or an Asian chick. Both of those. <laughs> <laughs> Both of those have been vials. <laughs> Asshole. Um, it was hilarious. No, it had just somehow been imprinted. That, that had been messaged to me somehow, and then I realized I messaged it to myself. 
In your brain? But I wasn't hoping for it. Yeah, you were. I was just expecting it. Dude, bullshit. It's the way you were, the way you were describing. <laughs> yeah, Skipper is the tween Barbie. Oh, I didn't get to tell my whole story because I got cut off. Uh, oh, weird. That's, what that's, is that surprising? That's weird. That's strange. I was gonna be like, you oh, know, the podcast. <clears throat> it's funny. Somebody pointed out that your icons you blow up. I just thought it was a really skinny penis. Video Galanga. That's your that McDonald's? <laughs> it's no, it's Chris Remo's. Remo's is actually what it's called. Oh, right. It's a fast food place that open around the corner. Oh, Remo's sweet tea. Yeah, they serve sweet tea. And in Remo's hot buns. If you order the special, everyone on staff has to say Gunga Galanga. <laughs> yeah. Like and if you tip them, they also You can order oh, a yeah. side of hot scoops. That's true. Yeah. Okay. At Remo's? One or two scoops. Remo's is the out of all the names here. And is the get, one that sounds like a restaurant. You get to decide whether My dad it's... had a restaurant, but he was called Ernie's because his name is Ernest. Oh, I should have he called really it Ramos. That's, yeah, that's a good name for a New York restaurant, though. He was called Ernie's, Ernie's New York, yeah. That's good. It was a good name. That's good. Ernie's New York Ramo? Yes. <laughs> it was called Ernie's Gunga Galunga. Gunga. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Gunga Galunga. It was called that with the dashes and the Gs. Yeah, with the stuttering. All right, do your shit. I'm going to talk about a thing. Video game. Video game. So Minerva, what's her deal? She's the. Does she have a den? We don't want to ha- release too many story spoilers at this <laughs> point. We want people to discover those kinds of things for themselves. So I'm just not going to comment on that. <laughs> Any other questions? Lame. I, I w- no. I, I mean, I will say, the meeting is important to the story. I just don't. Yes. Yes. <laughs> uh, oh, sweet. Thank sweet. you. Scoop. Bought. <laughs> day one. Day perch. one. Oh, you're gonna say perch. <laughs> day, day one, one perch with an e is the fish. A day one perch. The, the perch doesn't have an e on the end. The fish. It's spelled with an e. P e r. Oh yeah, 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 that's true. Day one e perch. On God, one of us needs to just hey, make that's that. The, that's the podcast title. Day, day one, one perch. perch. <laughs> and then a picture. The Wikipedia picture of the perch. Yeah, we could we could blatantly American start this fish. image macro on NeoGAF by just making that stupid day one fish perch. that has <laughs> a picture of the perch and says day one perch uh, in impact in white with a stupid black outline. Minerva's Den is a day one perch. Though, though I think it would actually, I, I would imagine what it would be would be the illustration of a perch from the Encyclopedia of Britannica. Say, yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Day one perch. It's yeah, with the font that has the F or the S that looks like an F or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In italics. Yeah. Day one perch. <laughs> this is good. Video game. Oh my god, I can't believe I didn't say this on the cast. I, like I woke that. up last night. You're on the cast. At 3.30 in the morning, and I had been sleeping on my arm like this, and it was completely asleep. To the point where I rolled over, and it was like, and I picked it up off of my hand, and I held it in the air, and I was like, oh, I'm just going to hold it. It fell and landed on my face. <laughs> oh, so that's why you replaced that with a cyborg arm. That's I why see. it's a cyborg arm. Huh. I, mean, I was going to ask, but I figured oh, I'd man. just wait. Did you guys all see the cyborg eye, man? Yeah. The, fuck yeah. That's shit. Step one. Cyborg eye. That, that's the guy. Fuck that's the guy. Yeah. In Cannon Lynch 2. Oh, with the Jordy LaForge. <laughs> it was no, him. the guy running around. Yeah. Like, oh, Look at this. Look over here. <laughs> yeah. That was weird. <laughs> he was licensed for... you got. You didn't read the article. I read it. I read the article. You didn't I read the. You didn't go to page two when it talked about how he filmed oh. Cannon Lynch two. <laughs> oh yeah. Mm. We back? Yeah, we're, yeah, back. we're back. That was a Welcome soft. Back. That was a soft back end. 
a lot. Samuel Jackson's arm. <laughs> There's a lot more solid of a return from break than we have in most episodes. Where yeah. it just kind of fades up. What I really like is we really hit our stride. We're really gonna just blow all the way to episode 25. Just bam, bam, every week. So good. We talked about this in episode 50. Oh, this is what you guys did? In the future. It, is this what it was like when you guys were yeah. talking about killing a podcast? We kept like, talking. Oh, remember next week? But there is no next yeah, week. Yeah, we did. We, there is a next week. At PAX. We really talked about the panel at all. Yeah. It's going to be Are great. you guys excited about the PAX panel thing? It seems like a cool idea. Yeah, it should be good. Oh, yeah. Chris is just beaming with excitement right I now. don't. <laughs> what do you, you keep picking on me today? Uh, really? How many? Oh, I'm sorry. Been happy you know why I gotta you. tell you? It's because I'm gonna miss you. I'm gonna miss you too, buddy. Oh. oh. How many people are gonna be at the panel? Oh, I'm gonna be uh, there. Like four. In, in the, the audience. audience. Yeah. yeah. Woo. We're Say boo boo. Say the wizard. Sean's gonna be in the audience. <laughs> I'm really worried that there are gonna be only like fucking four people there because we're going at the same time as the Retronauts, and I'm pretty sure way more people I've never know even about heard those that's guys. another podcast. Really? It's a retro games podcast. Outside of the community of you guys, Whoa. way more people have heard of them than us. No, I'm, I'm sure, sure you guys are great. Is that true? I'm just saying that they were they're they're one up. So oh, yeah. it's, it's one up retro game podcast. Oh, I know who this guy. featuring but friend of Idle Thumbs Chris Kohler. But people like sometimes. You Sorry, more. <laughs> Chris Kohler, Remo specifically. <laughs> People love Chris Remo. Yeah, I know. Well, it's true. Hopefully, those people come to our panel and watch us fart around on microphones. Yeah, I think James Spafford of the uh, short-lived Idle Thumbs UK podcast oh, will yeah. also be there. And uh, Nick Brecken will be there. Sean Famous Vanneman will be there. I'll be there. Steve, Steve Gander will be Gander dead. Super dumb. Not yet. Got also, not coming to our if podcast. If you're thinking about wanting to see Steve at PAX, maybe send some money to <laughs> questions at idlethumbs.net <laughs> via PayPal. Somewhere in the neighborhood of $75. Note that it's questions like, of idlethumbs.net does not have a PayPal account. <laughs> it can. Yeah, don't send money to Steve. Send money to Jake at idlethumbs.net. <laughs> Attention, Jake. Money. Care of That's Jake. Care of Jake. <laughs> Sweet. Right, uh, well, the so check should be made out to Jacob Rodkin, actually. Mm. The E check. That's the E check. Name. They faxed it with an I fax, and then, I don't know. Came out of a screen. Probably Rocket Mail is involved. Yeah. The wizard is involved, Babu. Rocket Mail, Phaedrus. It comes in the mouth of a puffin. Right, puffin. Oh, puffins. Um, oh, man. Remember how one time... That's a bad episode God, title. It comes puffins. in the mouth of a puffin. <laughs> <laughs> That's the sequel to And Yet It Moves. Oh. <laughs> that <laughs> was a good game, that. by the way. That just came out yeah. on some new platform or something. It we came were. out on WiiWare. <laughs> well, it came out on PC a while ago, and I played it, and it was really yeah. good. So if you want to play it on another they thing, they put it on WiiWare, and now PC, you, can you can turn the world by turning your uh, remote. You can I don't waggle know if I it. Really would want to do that, but you can do it if you want. You it's a fun game. I really enjoy it. I would like it if you moved the guy with one, and then you held the second Wii remote on the other hand, sort of in like the dog bone style or whatever, and so you'd like like Robotron. The dog bone style. Whatever the fuck. I don't know. The WarioWare surely has a name for that, but when you just like. You grab it like yeah. in the middle. Oh, yeah, like a I've never actually seen that. Yeah, like yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised if it was basically. It. I know <laughs> it's great radio, Jake. But like two Wii remotes, so it's it's like Robotron, but it's guy and world. Guy and world. Guy meets well, world. Don't, don't you think Jake's you going just... into professional game pitching after this. <laughs> don't you think it would just be the? It's nunchuck? like Robotron, but it's guy and world. No. Oh, right. I guess you would use a nunchuck. I haven't used a Wii in a long time. <laughs> I forget how they work. Yeah. I thought you played Galaxy too. No, he he just put it on play mode and he oh. watched Galaxy Two. Yeah, I cool. watched I watched the MPEG Four videos. Nice. Ugh. Did I talk about Galaxy Two? No, but you said you wanted to and you didn't. Better. <sighs> Let's I, do it. I didn't have a whole lot to say about it except <laughs> I really I loved Mario Galaxy One. Yeah, yeah. Me too. It was a great. Game. I played the crap out of it. Galaxy Two has some nice mechanic mechanical things like I really like the way that Yoshi's handled in it, where you sort of 
it's you know you ride around on Yoshi and he's got his little Yoshi. So you did sort play of this double game, jump just to clarify. Yeah, I did okay, play. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, the way that the way that Yoshi works is you sort of uh, point at stuff and he eats it, and it's sort of like a I, th- I think it's sort of like a like a target painting system. It's it's actually kind of nice. Oh, it was a, it was a good use of Yoshi. Uh, but one of the things that I liked the most about Mario Galaxy 1 aesthetically is that it was awesome looking. <laughs> yeah, that yeah. that's a stupid yeah, thing to yeah. say, but just no, like no, it was beautiful. Mario sort of soaring around. It's, it's, it's it yeah. maj- yeah. majestic. It, yeah, and, it was great. And they, they did these really nice things with when you'd sort of land on a planet and the atmosphere would come up. So then you were in sort of really Mario 64 that, yeah. world and you'd fly out and you'd see there's just the infinite expanse of space. It was really cool how they made no, like they deliberately did not have the atmosphere be consistent like at any sense of scale it was entirely dependent on yeah yeah and so it's weird that galaxy 2 is actually running on a dreamcast emulator (laughs) that they they did it in no what is different about it doesn't it still look awesome galaxy or mario galaxy 2 doesn't doesn't actually look as awesome because i i think maybe nintendo wanted the game to look more familiar to people who liked the older mario games or something but they painted sky into like 80 percent of the sphere of the sky spheres of like the backgrounds of, hmm. of the game so as you're flying around like you'll just sort of catch a glimpse of space through what looks like just a, a, 10 years ago's sky texture where it's, it's sucks. blue sky with overlay overlapped clouds but the clouds all for some reason still have the blue edge of the sky painted in so even when they overlap it so just it looks, looks like, like bad it looks like transparent game gift. sprites but yeah. like and it made me realize how much of mario galaxy's just sort of majesty and awesomeness came from the the huge expanses of space and the way they sort of did the the sort of uh, retro style colored lights uh tinting yeah. it and stuff it just it feels so cheap. It feels like a cheap sequel, which is oh. just aesthetically. There's, Do you think yeah. that's a response to the fact that New Super Mario Brothers and that red box did so well in that system? I don't know. Like we want to pull that audience. I don't know. It, it it looks way more like a traditional Mario game, but to the detriment of the really really nice like. There's only like the two or three core Mario games that have solid visual design. I feel like, and it's like Mario Three, Yoshi's Island. Mario World and Mario Galaxy are pretty much the only ones that, yeah. that I thought like Mario One looks weird. Yeah, yeah. Mario sixty four yeah. just looks like shit. It yeah. plays well, yeah, but it, it looks does. fucking bad. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and Galaxy was one of the first ones that where Nintendo finally like, ugh, it was yeah. yeah. They it was so nice to see like um, to see a core Mario it, game yeah. with great aesthetics, and then Mar- Mario Galaxy two was like, well, this is a no brainer. Just show me more sweet space with Mario walking around inside a glass pill. Yeah, that has yeah. that weird checkerboard checkerboard specular highlight to look like really detailed and nice. Like, no, no, no. We'll put some really shitty sprites all over the game. Like, no, God. <laughs> and really, it, it made me not want to play it because it just... Yeah, it's too bad. It's just... Brrr. Anyway, Mario Galaxy 2. That's all I wanted to say. I was mad at those cloud sprites. <laughs> <laughs> no, that sounds like a legitimate thing because I totally agree with you about, about Mario Galaxy 1. Like, the sense that it was, it was... I actually, at the time, remember thinking it was a really ballsy thing to do from an art direction standpoint yeah. because Mario it was very different to how Mario usually looks in other games where in this game when you, especially the smaller planets you know when you land on them you're really like just sort of suspended in this huge dark blackness i mean it looked amazingly cool yeah. but it was really mm-hmm. like a a really strange unusual choice yeah. and i was really glad they, they did went it. back way that familiar sucks. but it's, yeah. it, they went familiar without investing all the time and money they invested yeah. in making the new stuff look so bold right. i wonder yeah. if some of that expanse of space felt overwhelming to an audience that they're now trying to appeal to yeah i mean i thought it felt amazing i think it feels incredible it's my love of space is well documented so space but um just even the overworld like that i mean my guess i don't know it seems like sometimes people sort of guess yep at that stuff yeah yeah yeah. well that's exactly what i'm certainly not as conscious as we're making it out to be i'm sure well the original i mean 
Uh, you mean right, the first yeah. one? Well, no, I mean, like, I think a lot of times, well, no, I mean, well, the, the approach I'm the sure that one, was deliberate, but I mean, it's like yeah. people surely hated that crazy, bold move we made. Is that what you mean? Yeah, or, yeah. Well, they may not, yeah. I don't even think if they necessarily went that far. They may have just said someone just had an idea for the second thing and they didn't even really oh, yeah, probably just it is, it is a follow, super, the, follow the train like, of thought as Mario much as game, they... I feel like there's definitely a calculated sort of like, no, this is who this audience is for, which is why you see new, new Super Mario Brothers appeal. Yeah, but if that was... Re- I mean, I feel like if that, that if that were the attitude taken with every yeah. Mario game, then you wouldn't have the situation that Jake describes where only a few of them actually have a really interesting, strong, central, cohesive visual direction. I mean, well, I think that... Well, it does kind of go back to this, the, the George Lucas story, right? Where it's like, who was in charge? You know, like he yeah. was able to convince. Yeah, but they may have just locked out a few times. You know, I mean, Mario Galaxy Two. It does feel like it's made by maybe different people. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. But, I mean, yeah. Nintendo frequently does that. They mix their leads around a lot. Yeah, but all mm-hmm. it all it all definitely is a really conscious choice because if you look at the box to Mario Galaxy Two, it's like it's literally the background is eighty percent blue, stupid overlapping clouds with a little hint of space at the top, and then right. Mario and Yoshi flying at the camera, right. uh, whereas the first box is space, a crazy space. planetoid filled with enemies and yeah. Mario leaping out. And I meant that people... They delivered on that, which is weird. Yeah. Think about that. I meant that people like on the dev team guess at like changes that should be made to yeah, make yeah. the thing I more agree. appealing, I, not just I, like, you know, whatever. But yeah, it mm. seems like sometimes, especially if it is different people, there can be a tendency... It's you know whatever like not invented here syndrome where it's just like we got the, we we got change our hands on this property we want to change something yeah, right right where, like I'm 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 the art director I got I think there should be sky in this and you just do yeah. it and it's yeah. like that's not taking into consideration what was strong about the property is taking into consideration some weird urge you have to change yeah. shit to also, change it you know? well, I mean, for, also, for what it's worth I'm not hugely far into the game because yeah. and there are some people Maybe who are just saying space. Mario Galaxy Two is miles ahead of Mario Galaxy 1. Like, there are some I've people who are, just, hard. who are just like, this is so much better, and for me, I just yeah. I, See, I was I, put off because the things that I loved about the first game just weren't there for me in yeah. terms of the feeling I got And I suspect it. that a lot of the people who say this game is miles and miles better, and I'm sure like legitimately having tons of fun with the game, you know, quite realistically, I think, just, just looking... I don't think it's too far off to think maybe those people and the people who made Mario Galaxy 2 maybe just happen to share yeah. closer ideas about what made the first game good or what makes the general idea of a Mario Galaxy game good. I mean, you know, I think it's just fair to assume maybe that just some people on the Mario Galaxy 2 team or some people making decisions didn't care as much about that aspect of the first game yep. as we do. You know what I mean? Like, like, there are, there are us, some that things that, that it did that, than... I, that I thought were really actually really cool. Like yeah. the, well, the, the, things, the, so. the, the first five minutes of the game, uh, it starts off as a flat Mario platformer. Oh, nice. And then uh, after you sort of get a little ways in, it expands out to become kind of isometric, like Double Dragon. So oh, that's really it's, cool. It's a Mario platformer, but you can move up and down in the world. Yeah. And then the camera sort of and the controls, it, just, it sort of slowly ramps out to 3D controls. When which, Nintendo does stuff like that, it's the best. And But that, really to Sean's cool. point, yeah. is probably like you, you all played New Super Mario Brothers. You didn't play Mario Galaxy 1. Right. Here's this metaphor. Here is like, like yeah. watch us we now. Are literally show you. going to transport yeah. you. To yeah, but the, but the sales numbers I saw them earlier. They weren't a ton different between Galaxy, Galaxy and Music Mario Brothers. New, but no, I do think they were. False. Home, I thought they were no. only off by New like Super a, Mario Brothers, a million or something. Yeah, that game's been on the charts for like years now. Yeah, Galaxy did not do what it should have done. I don't no. think. And Galaxy has... Two has not been a huge yeah. sales success. Yeah. yeah, I mean it. It. I mean compared to some games, it has been. But I don't mean it. Yep. has not sold. New Super Mario numbers. Brothers though is a is a destroyer yeah. of of on the, on, on both platforms. I mean, it's just absolute gangbusters. Hmm. Yeah. So they should have called this New Super Mario Galaxy. Yeah. <laughs> they probably would have sold more. I mean, I don't know. 
the, 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 clearly there is a very specific focused attitude towards how people buy games on the Wii. Yep. They buy games to say new. <laughs> or Wii. Oh, yeah. I mean, they haven't put those two things together yet. That's the juggernaut. Well, new no, Mario Brothers Wii. Wii. It's pretty much got every every <laughs> word in it that guarantees a video game will sell. Exactly. New, so, here we go. Um, new Bros. Super Mario Brothers Wii sales nears 10.5 million. Yep. January 25th. So that was six months ago or eight months ago. Yep. And it still it keeps 10. on selling every month. 10.5 million. Yeah. Well, but how much? How many did did Galaxy do? Not that many. I bet this article will tell me. This is keep talking. <laughs> this is <laughs> classic. This is really good. Uh, podcasting right now me googling let's yeah. all look up npd and right, well you keep looking iPhones. that up and maybe we'll talk about something else yeah so what do we want to talk about you know video games <sighs> oh, yeah. oh reader mail oh yeah we could do that let's start with the reader mail yeah we could read a reader mail yeah i figure our readers are our inspiration and the reason that we do this so we should address their concerns in their mail it's hey, totally true if we didn't have readers we wouldn't do this. have mail oh i mean or a podcast it's a, it's transitive property i was almost a douche you were almost, you were a, almost douche. a douche. What, growing up? Like, you almost... <laughs> <laughs> there was a moment that, was that the you ultimate think line back to in your, back to the in your future life. We're not all douches, are we? <laughs> what? I'm a douche? What? Sorry, I wasn't really paying attention. That's true. I'm, I'm one. Jake nearly became a douche, but he, his life oh, took a turn. I was going to say that I don't do this at all for people who listen to the podcast. Oh. da 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 he does this for this one guy he went to junior high with who won't listen to the podcast. He's like, no, he, Jeremy, he's just trying to cast my attention. 63 pods for you. It's true, though. I mean, we've had discussions was, about like 18 blasts. <laughs> <laughs> that comp grenade was special. No, but we've had discussions about why we do the podcast. And Jake was always the most like vocal proponent of the like, I do this for myself. Like, I <laughs> really. I like that people like listening to the podcast, but no, no, for me, not, the fun yeah. of it is coming and talking to people with the intent of producing a piece of content yeah. more than it yeah, is giving advice to someone. I don't know. No, no. If these didn't go up, like this would still just be a fun thing to do. We would still sit in here well, with... No. It would be way less complicated and easier for me. So I really hope you guys like the fact no. that we also put the <laughs> podcast up. No, I mean, what I would want you to do is put in all the cool bumpers and the breaks and everything and then just <laughs> and email send it to, it to you. Yeah. yeah. But I wish there were more songs in those ones. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you could write a custom song for every cast, like you yeah. said you were going to... When I came on the cast. Oh, really? Is that, is that you was said, Sean, every time you're on here. Should have gotten it in writing. Bitch. <laughs> you wouldn't have honored that because you're a dishonest man. It's true, right. though. You did record Love Theme of the Ides, and we never uh, we <laughs> yeah, never yeah. put that on the episode. So it was pretty good. It tops the wizard for meme quality. I, I will play some rearrangements of existing Idle Thumb songs at the PAX panel. So there will be... Well, you're going to play the original arrangements where you, uh, you'll sort of bring out the, the looper. Don't say anything. And uh, record all the harmony parts live, right? Yeah. It's going to be sort of, you know, kind of like Andrew Bird type thing. False. Oh, that's what I meant. Okay. You meant I wasn't going to do that? That's, yeah, that's correct. Anyway, Greg Brown writes... Gregory. Hi, guys. Hi, Greg. Greg, it's like 104 degrees in here. I know gaming's had its share no, of ideological strife over the years, uh, consoles versus PC, etc. But one word that's, dog that's dogged the literary community is the question of whether the best genre fiction can be as good as the best uh, literary fiction. Games haven't seen the same genre versus non-genre division simply because... Because there's no non-genre work. Like literature. Most games are within genres. Except for Minerva's yeah. Dan. Sorry, Steve. Game design often relies on picking an existing skill set for players to learn and master... Um, and if you switch that skill set mid-game, it can turn players off. Even innovative games like Bioshock are basically just teaching different ways for the player to keep clicking things to make them dead. On the other hand, um, 
literary like fiction. PC can... gamer. <laughs> can... He's clicking on him. I actually, I actually know this guy. I talk to him on Twitter occasionally. He's really, he's a good guy. Yeah. Um, literary fiction. Can no, he was clicking on splicers though, not. Oh, good point. His... Yeah, he wasn't right. a button masher. Yeah. 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 Literary fiction can pick up and drop genre conventions on a whim, disregarding existing conventions and trying to teach the reader from scratch. Genre fictions and games can be really engrossing, but they must find a space for their creativity amidst the clamor of convention. Uh, for example, the Half-Life 2 series story and moments of atmospheric beauty squeezed between puzzles and shooting and driving. Um, some of the most creative indie games use a minimal platforming system as the gameness part of it and then build the artistic components on top of that. For example, Limbo. Mm -hmm. uh, are there any games uh, trying to actually completely eschew genre in the same sense that literary fiction does? Or do you think the whole thing is a misanalogy? Is the situation worsened by a gaming press that seems intent on characterizing games through a genre lens as an X type of game where you Y on Z? Thanks, Craig Brown. I really like this email. Yeah, it's a great email. Uh, does he, is he in the Bay Area? Uh, no, he's somewhere say, in like, the Midwest or something. <laughs> <laughs> this guy would totally like one-up me as yeah. like literary douche member of the cast. Wow. Greg, so if no, you I could, mean that if in, you like, could a simply send effect, an email I'm, to Chris Replacement at idlethumbs.net. I mean, in the sense that people call me that, this guy is better at that than I am. Chris.replacement at idlethumbs.net to <laughs> send your great. applications for yeah. being the new Chris. Slash new Chris. Yeah. You don't put slashes in emails. That's why none of your emails go through, Jake. <laughs> oh my god readers just had an incredible that face face <laughs> I, saw, I saw a tear well oh my god, oh my god. <laughs> i would give anything Dude, for a video here, or so a sorry. photograph I'm of so that sorry. well no, notably no one, no one said this is this reminds me of, of something that's the same face that david cage was making as he clutched the ps3 to his oh, chest yeah, in that the famous heavy uh, photograph in edge and uh, and then people thought it was me when i was told about <laughs> oh yeah they, you just like you kind of <laughs> no and uh, <laughs> all these horrible things are coming to light the, like that that's the thing that i wonder about this email is if he is actually talking about mechanics like There's genre a like a racing email. game or fictional genres like a mystery story like couldn't really I tell think, i think in this um, case he's talking about mechanics but i think you could ask the same question because because that's the thing is like because what it actually reminds me of is heavy rain is like david cage's whole idea was yeah. i'm making a game that is in no genre it doesn't have like systems that are and like it, consistent it's not like a game it's a new weird thing but on the other hand the fiction of it is the most the trashy most genre trash yeah completely. yeah like serial yeah. killer yeah. genre yeah. mystery well, just, which does kind of provide those ever, choices yeah. right i mean in my well, opinion that's also traditionally it's funny because that's a, a an ambition that i think adventure game designers have more frequently than anyone else probably because their games have the least uh kind of systemic gameplay out of all mm -hmm. the major genres and so you saw ragnar turnquist sort of talking about a lot of the, about that when he was making Dreamfall, the sequel to Longest Journey. I mean, and I remember when I was like main going through like a big adventure game phase in the late 90s, early 2000s, um, that was something that like was always my fantasy for someone to make a game like that. You know, I mean, I that seems to be something that adventure game designers try to tackle simply because they're almost working with the sort well, of like emptiest gameplay I would completely template. Agree with that. Adventure game designers also frequently fail at that exactly. because right. they 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 don't ever think in terms of gameplay. Right. Right. So it's like, oh, well, you know, we can obviously just Do this. add these 15 yeah. types of gameplay. And exactly. then you realize, oh, but then you have no consistent learned behavior in your exactly. game. Like, do 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 but I do think I mean, you you're, you're falling because of the absence of the exact yeah. thing you were deliberately trying to remove. Yeah. yeah. And, I mean, adventure games, point-and-click adventure games, are have very strong, like, genre traditions as well that developed, you know. Right, but they're not gameplay-focused. In, in the traditional sense, or, like, in the modern no, sense of gameplay. they're idiosyncrasies. I mean, they're sort of... 
they're not it's not learned behavior like you i mean people say like, you get better at them puzzle by doing structures more, and but... stuff but the actual way that you interact with an adventure game is like is the stuff you take for granted in every other modern game of like click on a thing yeah. pull a thing out of a collection of things that you have select one of these sentences and speak it like those are just the weird you know that's just the stuff that like in in a Bioware game or it's something? It's just the it's lowest just level like, form of interaction that's just, that's that's just, just common yeah. to yeah. what you do to, to in the game. get to all the other stuff. Yeah. And, and I, and I, I, you know, and, and in terms of whether it's possible, I don't know. I've been thinking about this a lot lately because, um, I, I, I mean, I, this one of the reasons this email really um, resonated with me is because I've been thinking about this exact question again recently. Um, just as I've been thinking about literature a lot, just I'm going through one of those phases where that's kind of just one of the things that's taking up more of my mind share now, you know, I go through cycles and, uh, I, I really wonder, you know, I mean, I think games might just inherently be resistant to that unless someone figures out some really crazy, amazing thing or the other potential. Are you talking about mechanics or about, about like themes? Well, I'm I'm talking about, well, I think story, there's no question that, that over time, I mean, hopefully theoretically we'll just get better writers or the writers will get better. I mean, I, you know, and, and start doing things that are, that are less constrained. Well, but it's still but, inherently you know. limited by what your core mechanics are. Right. Exactly. And the, exactly. And the if, more if consistent those are, are about yes. killing tons of dudes, right. it's probably going to be gonna some up, kind of yeah. fantastical genre setting where yeah. you're a warrior that kills tons of right. dudes. You know? and, and the other, like barring some kind of crazy video game singularity where someone just figures out the like uni- grand theory of the universe of gameplay. I mean, uh, the other potential long-term future is that, and we sort of touched on this in the last cast, you know, maybe people just become so literate, so to speak, with video games that the the kind of learning aspect of it, the teaching aspect of a, like, a, a string of, of a, a particular type of mechanic, maybe it becomes less important. You know, maybe people don't need that as much because they're so accustomed to dealing with different interactions in a virtual space that they, now it's time to do this thing, now I do this mm-hmm. thing. Um I think that's way harder than it is for any other form of fiction. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, um, you, you see companies spending millions of dollars on trying to flatten that literacy. That's why we have a connect coming out, supposedly. Right, exactly. You know, but like, I feel like that's just as limited in other ways. Oh, I completely I mean, agree with you. I think it's more folly. So. I mean, because it's like, less abstract. I mean, it's, yeah. Yeah, and I, and I feel like, like even beyond the point where a player is literate in enough different types of interaction that they can just pick it up and, and do it. And I mean, that's kind of what like GTA is. It's like, Run around, sort shoot, of, get yeah. in a car. You know, like there, there are a number of different Talk kind of modes that you phone, go yeah. into, uh, and people kind of internalize that. But that said, like, even if it's easy for the player to grasp, each one of those different modes of interaction is a ton of investment right. for the developer yeah, to implement. Yeah, and yeah, so yeah. it's like it's difficult yeah. potentially on two totally different axes at the same time. Right. I mean, and I think like that's really the, that's the golden egg, right? Of like game design is figuring out a way to do all these sorts of mechanics that allow you, but on a very like cohesive interaction level yeah. where the, the, the types of interactions that, you know, the types of inputs you're giving to the game are cohesive and make sense. And one to the other, you can kind of go from, Oh, I'm talking to this guy. Oh, I'm going through this trash can. Oh, I'm beating up a dude through a series of like inputs that feel like they all make sense together. Yeah. Um, I don't know. We talk about that quite a bit. Yeah. Like, I mean, that's kind of, isn't that sort of kind of what like Fahrenheit tried to do. Yeah, but that game well, does, no, that game does it by way of turning everything yeah. into a Simon I know, Says I know, game. I know, I'm just yeah. saying, like, but that's you exactly have to, that's get, what those games you are have to get pretty right? abstract if you're looking for kind of a one-size-fits-all. Well, it's, it's yeah, one of the, I mean, the there's a thing. game, actually, that I think is really kind of interesting um, for something like... Did you ever play One Button Bob? It's no. a Flash game? No. Like, you're an adventurer, 
and every level. Oh yeah, that was yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. And that's yeah, something yeah. I brought up. I bring up at Telltale quite a bit, where it's mm-hmm. like, here's a game. There's a Flash game where you can do all these crazy things as an adventurer, and you have to solve these problems in very, very specific ways, um, and you only get one button. And um, I think it's a really, as a designer, it's a very, very like smart game to look at about how you want to like limit what you're asking your player to do in a moment and how you want it to feel. Yeah. And I mean, it forces you to focus on the present presentation. Because you're not thinking about the button because it's one button. Right. Yeah. What, what do you think? That reminds me of an article that I that I linked on Twitter this week that was about bottom-up game design versus top-down game design. Oh, I saw that. Which I is the difference. You've also linked that. Start it and then didn't read it. Yeah. I read that. Um, it was... Uh, I tweeted it. I didn't tweet it, but... No, it. that was J.P. LeBreton you're thinking of. Oh. Um. <laughs> <laughs> you're making that David Cage face again. Come on, Don't buddy, buck that. up. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> oh, you dropped your PS3. Be careful. Oh man, <laughs> you son of a bitch! <laughs> uh, but it was—it talked about the difference between um, kind of your square one of the game design being I want to create a representation of this thing in the sense. And one of the examples he gave was in the sense that a painter says, "I want to create an incredible image of Napoleon that evokes uh, these particular properties." Um, mm-hmm. And then, how do I? What are the best ways to go about doing that? And then the other, the other approach, sort of more of an impressionistic or what he calls bottom-up uh, approach, is what interactions and what what um, expressions will make the most of this medium in this form. And you know, that's like impressionistic painting or abstract art that that starts from from what like what can these what can these what can this, like, these boundaries like yeah, allow yeah. me to do? What, what know, are the properties of the materials? Right. right. Mm-hmm. Like, and, what and, what is it about the paint that can be interesting. Exactly. Right. And and one button Bob, I think, comes more from that bottom up where he's saying, like, what can I do from the, I mean, the name of the game implies yeah. this very specific design constraint. And he's saying, what can you I don't do? Call it, yeah, joystick that Mario. Yeah. And, and the guy's contention <laughs> in the article be. was that innovation tends to come from from the bottom up because it comes from people trying to push the boundaries of the medium. And I think that that's mainly true in games. But I also from a very confined space. Right. Like one button Bob is a one button game because he's a guy making a video game. You know right. what I mean? One guy. Yeah. Well, sure. Yeah. yeah. Of course. Yeah, that's part of it, too. Well, yeah, the production, up, the production yeah. process is yeah, also a constraint. Well, just, but, you're um, always more constrained from the bottom, you know? Yeah. And, but, and in video games as well, making them. Yeah, but I also, I don't know if it's if it's necessarily true that the top-down approach, like I think in other forms that, that aren't games, the, I, I think that you look back at like the history of art and the guy who wants to paint the Napoleon painting, I mean... There are certainly cases when you look historically that guys who came down, who who approached something from that top-down perspective, ended up creating huge innovations because they needed to find a way to express mm-hmm. this this thing that they needed to do. And because there well, wasn't, that's like, that's that's also like, probably that's like the commu- Pixar thing where you always hear them talk about like, oh, well, we had this story about right. fish, exactly. So we suddenly had to make the most extreme water tech that's ever existed, or whatever. Right. Yeah. Whereas I think possibly because. Of this genre thing that we're talking about, this is how it ties into the, what we're talking about before. Ooh. I think here's my seg. Um, I think that often in games, you do see that the top-down approach. You you do get less of that because you're working. You're there is such an incredibly strong, defined, accepted notion of what a genre is in a video game and how you represent a particular experience in a video game. And if you're going to make a game about a conflict, which is most top-down video games, um, generally speaking, you're dealing with a pretty established understood system of mechanics because you need to rely on a player doing that thing for 20 hours whereas if you're making a painting or you're composing a piece of music or or something you you don't you know you you do that the creator does that in a mm-hmm. game the thing that you're doing is expecting the the player to operate on some level of skill right. probably an increasingly That's difficult. very similar to the conversation we were having 
last time or two times ago? Yeah, we're we're kind of treading on similar yeah. ground, and I I guess basically I just I worry that in the long term, like maybe I mean maybe it's not worth worrying about really on a, on a day to day basis. Obviously not, but you know I do think that this is something. But don't worry that, every day. That'll stress you out. <laughs> no, I don't. don't <laughs> games ever grow? I, yeah, I guess I I ponder more than worry. You I just know. want to think about you in Boston. It's raining. You're walking down the street. <laughs> yeah, it'll alone. be in these crazy sleet storms. Like, Wearing an irrational hoodie, wondering if the games yeah. are ever going to evolve yeah. past. But I don't know. I think it's an interesting topic. Calm it's calm right, man. We'll talk it out. Definitely be curious to see where it goes in the next, I don't know, in, indeterminate period of time to come. So I'd like to answer Greg's question. Go ahead. Yes. <laughs> okay. All right. What's next? Good. Let's find out. That's a really good question, Greg. Did you ever figure out whatever the hell you were looking up on your phone? I forget what that was. Oh, I was looking for the. Uh, the disparity in sales data between New Super Mario oh, yeah. Brothers Wii it? and Super Mario Brothers Galaxy Ultra Extreme 64. Did you find it? Nope. Oh, okay. I stopped looking because I started listening to Greg's question, When I'm glad I did that. All right. So, um, oh my God, I don't know how to say this. Uh, <laughs> uh, Diabetes? Gijang Chen, I'm sure that's oh. utterly wrong. Right. Asshole. Hey, guys. Oh, how insensitive. In some Chris. video games, you have the, the ability to talk to people and enter buildings. Fact. However, as, <laughs> I like as this the, email yeah, already. That good. seems correct. Yeah. However, as the right. size of the population sources. of a game world increases, the percentage of talk toable citizens and walk intoable buildings decreases dramatically. This inconsistently often takes me out of the experience and has me thinking, why aren't there more games with a compact game world and more consistent inter- interactivity that aren't just tunnel vision narrative tubes of carrot dangling linearity? Something in between the linear set-piece explosion game and the gigantic open-world freedom game. The Witcher came very close to this type of game I'm thinking of, and the new Deus Ex looks like it might too. But the game that really got it spot on for me was Shenmue, insert sailor joke here. People can say what they will about the game, but to me it was a wonderful outer body experience thanks to the realistic and consistent game world. Discuss if good, dispose if not. Thanks a lot, guys. Lloyd. Oh, his name's Lloyd. What? Why'd you front load the crazy name? All right, whatever. <laughs> Sorry for insulting your maybe your name. Um... He's, like, yeah, like, he's, prob- mean, he's probably a Chinese guy whose name is, like, I worked with a guy named, like, Shi Wei Wong, and we called him Webster. Yeah, so Webster's he probably just offended cool that guy again. I'm sorry. <laughs> Twice. Well, once in the beginning, once in the end. The thing was, he didn't want you to call him Webster. You guys are just assholes. <laughs> <laughs> it's not my name for the last fucking time. I mean, my English is perfect. Um, <laughs> his first name. I'm from Rancho Cucamonga. He just happened to have a dictionary on his desk. <laughs> so it just it immediately nickname was formed uh, whoa, and stuck. It's low what? hanging. I get it. Webster's Dictionary. Yeah, could have been a not Webster. What's another dictionary name? Guys, go on. I'm dying here. Random House. Say what's up. <laughs> Random R H. Oh, how's it going? This is stupid. So, <laughs> so smaller games where you can go into lots yeah, of different. I mean, like, that's, that's is he talking yeah. about something like Mafia Two? Because that's what I like. What I everyone seems to say about Mafia Two. No, that's like, not what that game. But I mean, like game Far Cry Two. You can go anywhere. There's not a lot. Oh, everyone. Everyone seems to imply that the open world in that game is slightly more closed and detailed. But no, is it not? No. There's, there is no real open world other than streets you used to. <laughs> <laughs> oh, can you sample that and send that to me? <laughs> Thank you. That's my new phone ringer. That's my new ringtone. It's your new ringer? It's my new ringer. It's my new, I want that to be my text message. I'm putting it on my screen sheet. <laughs> Faxing into so, someone's I mean, I don't put in one to, penny. I, I want to get to, <laughs> to the get heart that of this page. question. Um, what? what? Yeah. Wait, Sean was going to say something. Say a thing. I don't think so. I don't think you... Wait, were you? He started to respond. As usual, Idle Thumbs intervened when someone has something to say. <laughs> something interesting. Even. The flying oh, punch of news. I don't, I don't know. I had chicken curry for lunch. and That's not a good answer. Uh, well, that's just, well, now that's the thing I'm thinking about. That's not what you say. Uh, I mean, I... Uh, 
We're just talking. I mean, is he, is, I wonder if because there is that thing, right, where you play an open world game and you go up to a door and you're like, nope, that's not a goinable door. That's that yeah, painted that's texture wall. That's a texture wall. Give me a door that doesn't quite. Oh, that door looks a little different. I bet it's got. Oh, yep, there it is. I can go inside there. There's yeah, a guy in the hallway. He's gonna say, door. "What's yeah. up?" From a list of barks. Um, yeah, it's like you want to find that happy medium where there's more doors and more things people are saying and yeah, more options. Probably those a smaller people. total square footage. Uh, yeah, so I mean, like, it's it's the one city block game that Warren Spector talked about ten yeah, years ago. Yeah, and right? uh, Jordan Mechner talked used to talk about that. Yeah. In the context of like the last Express. The last Express. Like that, yeah, I was gonna say. Yeah. Let's do it. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> like it sounds like a great idea to me. Yeah. I no, know. I agree. I, I, no, but I it's think, interesting. That I think he... the reason that, that it's not done is because people don't know what the mechanics are that support that, and it would take a lot of R and D to figure it out. And it's probably also way easier to sell. I also huge city don't think people just... scope to that. Yeah. I was exactly. just going to say, yeah. people are like, well, we can sell the five boroughs of Manhattan. Boom. Right. Exactly. Like yeah. where it's like, well, this is how much money we've got, and the thing this is, how much the, time we've got, how the, much can we make, and how big that, how small can we make that space? Yeah. Because the other side of it is like, it's been done. Well, he's yeah. He called out Shenmue specifically. It's been done as The Sims. That's a one neighborhood game, sure, yeah. right? Like, and and no, I I really I, I personally feel like The Sims never gets the kind of recognition it deserves for doing a lot of really revolutionary things because it's like my sister plays that, and so people just disregard it. Um, but your I mean, sister? what a specific reason? No, the Sims is a really game. important game, or I mean, it would be if people took more from it. Exactly, uh, and it's like okay, here's an example of every character in the game is an actual character. Every house is filled with living characters you can interact yeah. with all of them socially there's no violence in the game except locking a guy in a room with a barbecue right. like yeah. and, <laughs> I mean, and there's, and there's violence that emerges out of like feasible realistic objects as opposed to like a deliberately constructed world that thrives on violence I mean, and, and none of it is officially supported there are no knives or guns or getting in a fight with anyone intentionally no right? but my point is there's there's like, just, like, these are things that would, these are yeah, yeah this is violence that would baby in a wall occur a if these yeah. objects were put in this actual Right. context yeah. um and and so you know like that is that that is one approach to abstracting but that's repr- not a real game steve ah <laughs> see i forgot that we were talking about real games my bad <laughs> i don't know yeah but it is but it is like if a game is not third person over the shoulder you know camera going inside the building at eye level then it's not a real game right if yeah, that's no, true i've cyborg about eye guys yeah, a lot yeah. yeah and i mean it you, you i think that you tend to are be more interested in the stuff that isn't that which isn't as interesting to me which is like sure. more strategy, strategy stuff, stuff but yeah. like the sims saying like what else does the sims imply which no one else really does is super interesting yeah. to me absolutely um yeah take Wouldn't it as a jumping off point like I, I don't know what else to say except like i, I wish people were doing that or yeah. were given the license to do that because it's not like nobody wants to i well, assume and i think that i think like that you can't get funded you can't get published right. you get behind it i don't know what it is i feel like the way you'd have to do that would have to be not just like from the beginning accept that you're probably not it's probably not going to be a big marketing point like if you're i mean if you're talking about doing it in a game where you are Mm -hmm. a direct avatar that goes around and and experiences a narrative through a world i think you'd have to find a way to make it relatively cost acceptable you know and then and then and do it in a way where the game doesn't hinge on that being a thing that you're that you're selling the game on right i mean you, you sell the game on whatever mechanics and whatever like setting and narrative you would ordinarily Try to pitch and, and sell a game based on, but and then, then the you have this thing, right? Exactly, really, right. Yeah, um, I think that's what games one have to zoom be doing level in. I mean, that's kind yeah, of what Bioshock. I was just going to say that's exactly right. what Bioshock. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think it, you yeah, basically just take that same didn't approach. Didn't tell you that there were a thousand interlocking systems. No, you're just like, oh, look at that fucking thing. Yeah. Day one perch. Well, or and it didn't, <laughs> it didn't deliberately sell itself on like the, you know, a lot of the the, the narrative related stuff. I mean, those are things where people like Portal was kind of the same way. You know, I mean, I think you have to just find hooks that are strong enough 
on on the sort of top level and then you know budget your game accordingly i guess yeah. but I mean, so one thing about the the sims to me as an example or of a, of yeah. a jumping off point is uh -huh. that like i think one reason that it hasn't been cloned at all is because it's broad enough and general enough that it's like it's the Sims. Is there like, more room for that? Yeah, exactly. Right, and, and yeah. it's like, well, if the we Sims want... The Sims has cornered the Sims market. Yeah, like, if, well, if, we, yeah. if we wanted to try and bite off some Sims market, we would just make another neighborhood simulating game. It's just the Sims again, right? Like, because there's... It's so player-driven that there's yeah, not exactly, specificity right. to it. Whereas it's a like, canvas, yeah. Whereas the reason that there can be a million FPS is because it's like, oh, Doom... What if those weren't demons? They were spacemans. Mm -hmm. and... But what if they were bald space marines? But what in the sense of bald space marines? They were bald space marines. And what if it was sci-fi? But instead of that, in this one, we make it sci-fi. And then more bald space marines. See how I'm going with this? See how it's different in each, in each case? I like what you're saying. Yeah. But I just don't know how we're going to sell that. Okay, well, we could change the bald space marines to bald space marines. Well, the thing then... is, is like, most of your audience isn't bald. Like... And how many people are... Well, what if yeah. we, Nobody's going to Okay, here. That. Get this. A few years later, what if we had a guy with kind of like buzz cut stubble, not he, not huge and beefy, and then did I that? Mean, oh, as like the third one. Well, then all the other games also. Oh. Um, I don't know. What if all the games had that? That's what I'm asking. If, if in the fourth game... What if a sweet the world existed mustache. as it did now? It's essentially, <laughs> the, it's essentially the premise that I'm what if proposing. Video I mean, games. there is sort of an interesting idea what there, right? Where games. if you take some of the... You take, I mean, you say some of the systems of The Sims. It's giant system spaghetti. It is systems. Yeah. It is, yeah. yeah. Um, but, like, does it just make it feel like in a Sims expansion pack when you decide to, like, oh, no, this is this very specific neighborhood in the event right. of this pandemic? Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I, guess, I guess that's what I'm, I'm picturing is, like, you know, if you did take the Sims, make it one level more specific and one more level more designer right, crafted. It's like, oh, it's the nightlife. Yeah, does it just make <laughs> it the herbs? Yeah, I mean, like, <laughs> one, one does not assume you're just throwing extra objects into the Sims, but instead it's, like, the Sims, you play as character with backstory living yeah. his life and I mean, that's what you, I mean, you're talking about a down and out cop I mean, I mean somebody's gonna have to basically add, what you're talking about is doing a more interesting version of what they're doing with Darkspore I'm like I'm interested in Darkspore just because I, I like that kind of game and because you, you like know, saying like, Darkspore and because I like saying Darkspore but yeah I mean what they're saying with that game is oh we're, we're taking all this like creature creation stuff from Spore and like using that as the underpinnings for Dark like Spore. the whole NPC generation system of Darkspore. I mean, that's I think the that's a really smart idea. Yeah, it is. And generally I'm not crazy speaking, about the creative, but like that's a great idea. Yeah, but I mean, like in the in the broadest terms, that's what you're talking about, right? Steve is taking obviously they're different systems than the ones you're talking about, but the that notion of taking these systems from a very systemic game and using them as some of the backbone for a more specific game. Yeah, or or like making like Dark Sims. <laughs> yeah, making the fiction more predefined, where it's like <laughs> right. you, you're, you're, you're the Sims, where you're like acting out the role of this predefined character through yeah those interactions that yeah. the Sims are, yeah, are based Lieutenant on, Carruthers. Know. Sure. You know, let's now that we're not doing that. this podcast, I've got some time if you want to do a Sims mod with me. All right, let's, let's hang out. All right, call it Dark of the Sims. Jake Dark isn't allowed to name it or ever play it. That's fine. <laughs> not that he would. <laughs> well, because it's a video game. I play Dark Sims though. You don't play that. Oh, no, it's a video game, though. We'll yeah. put it up on YouTube. Ooh. Right. Yeah, yeah. I might watch the YouTube playthrough. <laughs> okay. You're kind of busy. Um, I'll watch the theatrical question? adaptation. Oh, no. We, okay. I, was, I guess we've kind of been through that. We didn't yeah. answer that question, but... Know, let's we, make we, some we, video we games We addressed someday. the question. Yeah, we addressed it. Somebody will do that. We let's addressed assume. it and undressed it. Thank you, Lloyd. Just like Skipper Croft. 
<laughs> Damn right. Um, addressed and undressed. So this probably isn't a thing that we like necessarily. College sophomore. Have a lot. Anthropologist. <laughs> she goes to Tufts. She's hanging out with her cool cousin Lara. Yeah, I'm doing in work an Aztec study. tomb. I'm doing work study. That's the with narrative her. for that game. Yeah. Is it not? Yeah, she's getting like she's, she's shadowing her older cousin Laura on her job of a Tomb Raider for <laughs> for college credit. Yes, and then they have to solve some puzzles together and do Diablo. That game, yes, and not this is also the plot of the young adult fiction series that was greenlit simultaneously. This is also the plot that of I the adult fiction series on a <laughs> <R>. <laughs> Johnson. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I think, also if you do, I think if you make that game, if you play that game straight, if you write that game straight, you're like, no, no of course. I think I, I think you got places to go. All right. I don't know. It's about becoming Tell a woman. Next game. They get really sweaty while they're exploring tombs. They no, take a lot of showers. <laughs> well, I don't think they're. I don't think they're. They're. Uh, they they're not. They're that. not actually cousins. They're. It's once removed. It's definitely a kiss and cousin. Guys, scenario. I'm not even talking about this from a sexuality standpoint. <laughs> you just keep trying to pull this away from the brink of impropriety. I just want it to be a character. It's a lost story. fucking cause. I'm the not premise a, you're setting up. It's awesome. Like, all right. It's a story about becoming a woman and maturity and family. <laughs> okay. Shut up. God. Expl expanding your horizons. And like shooting a T-Rex in the eyes. And shooting a T-Rex. <laughs> Whatever. You, they've got a T-Rex? Well, you could... <laughs> <laughs> wow, Chris, you looked ironically pleased and legitimately pleased with that the most. I was both of those things. <laughs> <laughs> all right. We've what got we got another, next? we got another email here. You don't um, need to shoot the T-Rex. You do, actually. You yeah. need to shoot her. <laughs> shoot her. <laughs> oh, is she a clever girl, though? I mean, uh, she got like a 1250 on her SATs. All right. So, <laughs> well, well, so this that's is pretty more, good. Th yeah. This is more of a <laughs> response. What's well, so funny, question, there's a whole but... section of our audience who that 12, the, the SAT is now out of like 2,400. No, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, it's, it, it was, was, it was 16. Did that happen? Yeah, yeah it happened, it happened for my little sister. Too. I never heard about that. Yeah. 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 It's like an essay now, I think? I don't know. That was the SAT too that had essay stuff. But like my little sister no, called me, like, what's your SAT score? And she told me, I'm like, ah, oh, you gave me a made up oh, score because they don't like go to this. Like, and she's like, no, it goes to this. I got a 2120 or something. Yeah, I'm like, <laughs> yeah, bullshit. There you go. Have fun at City College. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even take them. Can't even research your lie. Go ahead. <laughs> All right, so Luke Muscat writes, hey, thumbs. Um, Luke? Yes, what Luke was that Muscat. Name? Luke ah. Muscat, yeah. Hello. Um, Long-time listener, Man, sad about the cancellation, etc. He goes along about that for a while. Um, <laughs> no, read it. He says, well, I'm not going to read that part, but he says... <laughs> he says, say puffins. Uh, <laughs> I love the uh, bird noise. Oh, okay. I so make it says, all the time in class. They tell me... <laughs> <laughs> he says, uh, he was mostly stuck working on soul-crushing license titles, and listening to your crazy, enthusiastic discussions really helped me uh, stay inspired to stick with it and keep making games. Um, this time, I'm pretty much going to say the same thing, but with a much happier story. Sometime after I wrote to you guys last time, I moved up the ladder a bit and was put in charge of a team at Half Brick Studios. The first Shit. game I made with the team was called Fruit Ninja. It's done about 1.4 million yeah, yeah, copies on the iPhone well. yeah, yeah. Uh, since its release in April, and it's become a massive breakthrough for our humble Australian studio. Congratulations. Yeah. came out of a, got us out of a tight spot and into a new world of opportunity. So and it's says, called Fruit Ninja. <laughs> yeah. He says, I did a lot of the design on the game while listening to your new and old casts, huh. and you guys influenced some stuff that, inf or you guys discussed things that influenced the design. We made Fruit Ninja. We fucking did. We should get credit for that and royalties. I Specifically, put Jeeps in it, you and when another guy sees you, he runs his Jeep into it. <laughs> and then a grenade rolls down. <laughs> and then a grenade rolls down a hill and kills your buddy. Um, he say, oh. he refers to this the discussion about civilization and I think Blizzard games about um, like how probability, how it's adjusted to kind of fit um, player perception oh, and yeah, procedural sequences. Oh yeah, it was based on, we talked about that after the Sid Meier talk at GDC. Yeah. And <laughs> so... Jake and I both felt hosed. <laughs> remember that? 
Like, fuck you! Yeah. 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 We make adventure games. <laughs> <laughs> um, so anyway, yeah, so he, he just wanted to write in about that, I guess. And uh, Awesome. He will be coming so he wrote into, he wrote into Glow. He basically said, long time listener, first time caller. And then said, our game One sold 1.6 million. million copies. <laughs> Whatever, yeah. I'm going to go ride a kangaroo, motherfucker. Basically. Yeah. yeah. So, cool. cheers, Luke Muscat. Hey, P.S. Luke. Congrats slash fuck Chris, of course. Yeah. Um, That's awesome. Luke. Yeah, that was. I thought that was really cool. I'm glad we inspired your success. Yeah. If only we could have Inspire our own. Wow! Just got. If only we could expire our success. We just did that today. <laughs> um, we didn't have any success. <laughs> all right. So <clears throat> let's see what. It is. You should have saved that one for oh, the end. So Chris, uh, Chris writes. Um, Chris. <laughs> Chris I Remo write. writes. Dear me, I'm uh, sorry for moving across the country. Fuck me. Fuck me, me. Fuck me hard. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, so he goes on for a while and talks about that he said. Chris goes on for a while. I don't fucking yeah, believe I, it. I, <laughs> thanks, that thanks, famous. Nice. Um, oh wow, less cast. Anyway, he heat. says it's I should heat. ask a question. Like Hot in the roof in here. Uh, you guys, like myself, are fans of Imperial Twenty Thirty. Yeah, you know. Imperial Twenty Thirty, guys. Yeah. This is how we all started hanging out. It's true. Yeah. Oh my gosh, point. this yeah. is. Oh, I'm getting emotional. Well, it's how you started hanging out with us. That's what I mean. <laughs> He I says, mean the royal new guy. It's why we started letting you hang out with us. <laughs> Fuck, we need a fourth of this need, piece yeah, of shit game. Who can we to be beat? Brazil? <laughs> Actually, you were always Brazil. I was oh, you did Brazil. Brazil. No remember, I would Brazil. sing. I would sing the Brazil theme you song. Would whenever I'd I would do Brazil. that. Yes. You were frequently Brazil, causing you to win. Well, then I would That's take Brazil later in the Brazil game. Seed. Yeah, because Chris, <laughs> a fan of Imperial Twenty Thirty, would grow Brazil, and you're like, I could grow Brazil. Yeah, that's a really good game. God damn it, we should have played it more. We can play it on Friday. Uh, I think we're playing... Uh, oh, Arabian Nights. Arabian Nights. Anyway, so he says, what would you think Sing of a computer game version? In general, what do you think of board games on the PC? Thanks for the pod, bird noise at all, Chris. P.S. Congrats. Did he say there's a computer version of No, he's Imperial saying, what would you guys think of it? And then more generally, what? just... It's so oh. tough. Like, I don't think the mechanic... I don't... I wouldn't want to because so much of that game that for us very is social. social. It's, yeah. like, it's not as much as diplomacy, obviously, but it is very much... Because you're not competing all the time. Sometimes you right. work... Yeah. The alliances just, uh, are so... You're not completely all the time. Yeah, Steve is just like Steve, a deadly premonition asshole. gainer. Uh, right, Steve will play deadly premonition for the first two hours of Imperial Twenty Thirty. Then he's like, "I oh, will buy the board." And then militarize the fucking board. Yeah. Oh, but Imperial Twenty Thirty. Like, that game, fun. they're you know, since, I, since there are minority shareholders who yeah. own a shitload of a country. Yeah. It would be sad. I'd be willing to it try that be, game on the computer. Yeah. I mean, you know, a game like Catan, I yeah, happily I have played say, hours and hours playing, of I've on 360. I've played so much yeah. Catan on 360. Yeah, yeah. In fact, I've maybe used my 360 more for that than anything mm -hmm. else. I used to, like, once or twice a week, play that with a friend just every week. That's yeah. so funny, yeah. I just recently played Risk Factions. Is that good? Um, it's... Mm, I heard it was better than Risk. It is better than Risk, but that's because Risk is not a very good game. Yeah, that's true. Like, that's, you know... We all just have assumed that Risk was good because Risk is classic. Well, because it's just been one of those endurance. I mean, Monopoly is also kind of yeah, stupid. Yeah, it's I mean, in the same league as yeah. But, um, yeah, I don't know. It's a good thing the Germans, like, rescued us from the same shitty 80-year-old board games. I was going to make a World War II. I know. I was, you saw me, right? Say, you saw yeah, my eyes yeah, just start yeah, darting around. Yeah, what do yeah, I do yeah. with this? So yeah. much. Um, no, I don't think so. I would I mean, we have, we've had so much fun sitting over the board and... Uh, I don't see that Over being the digital map of the future world. I just don't see it being recreated because the relationships uh, evolve so fluidly while playing that game that I don't think you could really do that. I think it would just be a different game. I mean, there are some like I just recently played Catan. I was down in San Diego for a few days and I played Catan just you know this week with some friends, and uh, it, I, one of the guys 
I was playing with is the guy that I, I would always play online with. And, uh, you know, I think it just, it becomes a slightly different game. Like, the, the dynamics are just a little bit different. The the tone and feels a little bit different. Um, you know, I, I, I would be interested to see what elements of Imperial are preserved or changed. Yeah, in I mean, computer game version. I play board games because this is going to sound crazy, but I like hanging out with y'all. It's not crazy at all. You know, it's that's like a really, I don't really care. Podcast. What, really like, legitimate I don't reason care why what game we're playing. Like it doesn't with the rules or whatever. No, like, I like that's playing. Not true. I like you playing. got super into the weird narrative of. But Imperial we were discussing that Possibly, narrative. Well, yeah, we were creating I, that narrative out of yeah, abstract. But that, but that game. But some games enable right, like that more if we play others. if we were playing Sorry. Yeah, that wouldn't have. I mean, that would I don't still, think we would have fun would playing be, Sorry. We would. We'd still have fun taking around. But it would be a different. It would be a different experience. Yeah. I mean, there's something about Imperial that makes for a particular that's true. kind of experience that's enjoyable. Yeah. Sorry. Boggle. Your goddamn boggle. Boggle. I like Boggle. Um, is that our last cheesy. question? Uh, we have a couple others. We might be... I mean, is it, do we just want to do others? one Uber last cast? What I are mean, the others? This is their last chance. We could, we, could, we could do some mail at the panel. Oh, that's true. What? Why would we do reader mail at the panel? Yeah, I mean, it's only there a, who are going to say, I have a really important question. Well, <laughs> say puffins. There have been people make who the have bird actually, noise. There have been people who have encouraged us not to take live questions, which will not be the case. We will take live questions, but they will probably be of a different sort than the know, kind we can reading, discuss. Reading but I mean, there's only an hour. Yeah, it is only an is hour. Is there one in that room after? Uh, there's one half hour after we're done. But oh, I mean, so they, we will be ushered out by and forth. You could always say, it's time for reader mail. Step up to the microphone and ask us some reader mail. Well, I, th- I mean, yeah, that's... They have to write it down. planning on doing that. All right. Well, then enjoy that. I will, I will enjoy it. Okay, have a good time. Thanks, Steve. Have fun. Thanks. Steve, you gotta come. come this on. is for you. If you want Steve to be there... This is yours. Write in money time at questions.idlethumbs.net. If you start walking now, you could probably make it to Seattle in the next, like, nine days. I'm busy. Oh. With what? I'm, I'm shipping a game between now. Yeah, that thing's not content logged. Well, no, I mean, really? I'm done, but I don't want to be walking up. Uh... <laughs> you have a phone with an internet on it. You can see what the forums are saying about your game. Your den. Your den. It's actually Minerva's. It's not Steve's. About Steve, Steve, Steve doesn't have a vagina. What? Minerva's a woman with a den. Let's move on. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, thanks for listening to the last <laughs> the Out of Thumbs podcast. <laughs> You know, if you don't want to do those last two, that's cool. All right, we can do them. They'll just languish forever in well, the inbox. We can, we can, we can, we can read a thing. Steve, so, okay, I, I think it's really clever how you made up this whole thing about the podcast ending so Sean wouldn't be on it anymore. <laughs> <Aww>. <laughs> no, Sean, really, we're not doing it we're anymore. We're going to do a re- exactly the reverse of what Sean wanted me to do, just email him the podcast. We're going to email it to everyone in the world except Sean every time we release an <laughs> wow, episode. it's diabolical. Yeah, it's also it's going to really eat up bandwidth, but I think it'll be worth it. It was actually Jake's idea. I, I, I don't put that past him. But the secret to you guys is that I'm not going to be on them either, so. Oh, look at that. Booyah. Oh, we might as well just I got that. a friend in Jake. <laughs> You're just singing Disney songs? <laughs> well, it's because we talked uh, about Arabian Nights. I got a friend in you is from you got Aladdin? A fr- you got a friend in me is from Toy Story. From Toy Story. Yeah. So what's Arabian Nights have to do with anything? Also a Disney movie. Well, he's just saying Disney. Arabian oh, Nights being the opening song from Disney's Aladdin. Yeah. I like the It's a little bit of a leap to Toy Story, but it's fine. Weirdly, didn't Toy Story end, actually only come out a few years after Aladdin? Aladdin was like 92 or 3, and Toy Story was like 95. That's super weird to me, because they feel like worlds apart in my brain. 
Aladdin has, has CG stuff in it, though. That was like when Disney yeah, was Yeah, I know, but I mean, stuff. it's, it's thought, you know, I like Aladdin was part of the... What? The Escape from the Cave of Wonders is blatantly CG. I thought Aladdin was like... It does one of the, it does the thing that early CG and cartoons did where things get too close to the camera and you can see the horrible unfiltered textures and it looks like a quake. You for see a polygons. Second. You don't see polygons, but you see pixels. It's yeah. really weird to watch Aladdin on DVD and see pixels. I haven't yeah. seen Aladdin probably in like pretty much since it came out. Actually, you should watch yep. it. It's got a, it's I got, should watch it. I um, see it it's now. got an now Aladdin. I'm to see it. Hmm. Like 92? 92 and 95, yeah. yeah. I mean, they just seem, oh, like, God. in my brain, they occupy much more distant yeah. spaces. Yeah, yeah, right, yeah, so, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Cult of Jared writes, Bioware is renowned for its amazing writing, but I've never found the world especially believable. The quickest example I can manage. In Mass Effect, the Asari, the blue hottie aliens, live for a thousand years, but that information never turns up outside a bit of exposition. Where's the news piece about the Asari welfare mother with 300 children? Or the dude dealing with the idea that his Asari wife will, will live for centuries after he's gone? Or anything that hinges oh, on that the little factoid at all, ever? Bioware games make me feel like a crazy person. Societal details are absent or fail to ripple convincingly throughout the story, which infuri- infuriates me and exactly no one else. I, mean, I actually kind of agree with this, but he, mi- sentiment, he, not he missed He missed the part where they did address uh, yeah, human marrying and Asari. Yeah. I, I do but feel whatever. like those games have such a giant wealth of creative content made to build this world from absolutely nothing and then lack a specificity that he's talking about. No, I agree. I think that they, especially the Mass Effect games, just end up with just like human that's blue slash human that's this slash human with this trait. And it just comes out to be the most like lazy just substitution alien rubric that well, also, I, I just, just like, really bothers me. Also, I just like the conflicts of these characters. I want them to have one more layer of specificity. Right. Like, no, this guy was saying bad things about me. You need to go get him. Did you, um, you, did you play I mean? Dragon Age? No. Because I thought they did way better with that in Dragon Age okay. than they did with Mass Effect. Like, I was really struck. That was actually one of the things that made me enjoy Dragon Age, was I thought that they, they used the supporting details of their world to actually, like, explore some of the possible, like, ramifications. That was what all of the origins were about, really. Yeah, was yeah. Like, but, which, but just, which, like, cast Thank you God occupied, you got to say that's basically. what all the origins were about. <laughs> <laughs> all the, uh, it's yeah. all true. All those themes were rising. Uh, you know, during yeah. the origin stories. That's true. Um, sure. But I, even, you know, even in the game itself, like I thought all the stuff with the Chantry, like the sort of religion, the sort of major, m- most predominant religion of the world, like there were really interesting gradients of characters, like adherence or sort of just lapsed faith or just lack of faith. Like there was a really interesting spectrum of like experiences people had within the context of this religion instead of just most fantasy games operate on the principle of like, Every religion that exists, the god is a real thing in the world, and you'll probably see them in a cloud or something, or someone will cast a spell. Whereas in in uh, like in Dragon Age, the world is set up that these different characters just have different like personal relationships with that tradition, yeah. and like it, it it emerges in interesting ways. I thought like that just Dragon Age to me felt like a fuller exploration of that stuff, whereas Mass Effect that felt often just kind of like peppered that stuff in and then didn't fully keep itself accountable to it. Did you like the trial? scene in Mass Effect 2. Uh, the, uh, uh, refresh my memory here. Russian robot lady. Fuck, what's her name? Oh, um, I actually did like that scene. Yeah. I did. I did like it. And, and I think that probably the reason that you liked that and that it came to mind for me was because it was, you know, a side, one of the character side quests, the... Uh, shit, what's the word they use? The the loyalty? Oh, the loyalty mission. Quest, yeah, right. Uh, that didn't have any combat in it. Yes, and that was really was nice. And it was 100% dialogue and because... That was true. It allowed them to use that entire sequence to explore the specificity of 
the culture of this right. migrant race and the different like views that individuals within that race had of their history and their role right. in the universe and everything, um, which was great. And it was because there wasn't an hour of shooting in the middle of it, you right. know, like, which, yeah, which is great because when you don't, when you don't bother to do that, you end up with, I guess just what I was complaining about, which is yeah. like, my race is warlike and angry. And it's just like this sort of generic, oh, so I guess you're just like dudes who are angry. Yeah. You know, I mean, there's no, like, there's nothing interesting about that yeah. at all. It's and just, I think that's why that particular thing was interesting because it was all about making that whole culture seem more real. Right. Because you got to go a little bit deeper on it than you really have the opportunity to with so much of the other stuff that you noted. You know? Exactly, yeah. <laughs> cool. So that's Bioware. That's um, I, <laughs> I like talking in video games. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. I, I like, like talking video games. I like it when video games talks, Jake. Hey, guys. <laughs> Jake has like, reached the weird point that Jake sometimes reaches where suddenly his body just and brain just shut down. I did. Jake, Jake dead. Yeah. He dead. He dead. <laughs> um, I think that's those, that's all I have marked. Oh. That there might be more. But. All right. Well, I guess the Idle Thumbs podcast is over forever now. Sweet. Yeah, Ending in the most energetic, there. crazy way we possibly can. Yeah. We need to inject Jake with something into his sternum or something. Whatever the fuck that is. Go. This is the worst end of an episode ever. Yeah. I just, just nobody wants it to end. That's why this has been a really long podcast. Yeah. I will say like it's been awesome being on the cast, so thanks for having me on, guys. Yeah, thanks really, for coming really, on. Really good. This has this has been one of my favorite things I've done in the last several years. I mean, it's been really fun to have this, especially because you know, while I was working Kama Sutra, that which was a really cool, a really cool job. It's from a very specific perspective and purview and tone, and it's been fun having an outlet to just like talk about weird shit with like no boundaries, maybe to our detriment at times, but. Uh, it's yeah. been fun. I've been, I mean, it's, been, it's been amazing seeing how people have responded to it. That was yeah. totally unexpected. I've been really, really glad to have been able to be on it and to be more involved with it as we've yeah, gone totally. on. And there was sort of a you know space that uh, needed to be filled. And just have, like you were saying, a forum to talk about this stuff and yeah, get the reader's input on it and everything. Like, Especially as someone who makes games all day, it's like you don't usually get to talk about games because <laughs> somebody will be mad at you. Uh, I'm, Somehow we've skirted under that radar. Yeah, for I don't know three if I years ever or whatever. Told them. Oh, <laughs> uh, I didn't. Um, <laughs> but anyway, it's it's been a lot of fun and and yeah, it's awesome. So thanks for listening. I mean, reading. Fuck yeah, Jake. Hey, no, I meant thank you. I meant thank you for, <laughs> thank listening, you for listening. What I was Jake, saying, Jake. Jake. Oh yeah, I was happy. I was happy to hear all of you guys talk about how much you like this podcast. <laughs> Uh, and thank you guys so much for all of your kind words. <laughs> Absolutely. Anytime, Jake. Yeah. And so ends Jake Rodkin's The Idle Thumbs Podcast. <laughs> okay. See you at PAX. See you guys at PAX. Not yeah, me. Yeah, you, should, you guys should all go to PAX. If you're not going yet, um, they're all sold out. <laughs> no, there's 250 Sunday passes left. Sunday oh, is the day. 250 people who can attend The Idle Thumbs I mean that Pack they're doing. Episode 51. So she'll the do that. Sewed. Yeah. Yeah. Mega sewed. Uber sewed. <laughs> oh, I was, I was, I was going to say, um, <clears throat> just in closing, don't. Jake's missed it up a little Steve. bit. Steve. Video in games. Close. <laughs> 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 oh! Video games.
That was fun. That was... Oh, we should do that again sometime. What? <laughs> Two years of the podcast? <laughs> Games. A video is a game. I've never met. Nick I was Brecken. there when it was cool. I know you can meet him. You'll yeah. meet him like it in a was week. normal. Yeah. yeah, it was just like a week this from guest. today. I'll yeah. meet Nick this guy's gonna meet Nick Brecken for the first time in a week. We wouldn't. He's be... gonna be like, oh, I thought you meant Snugglebum. No, Snugglebum's not gonna be there. Also I'm, meet I'm him gonna beat the yeah. hell Nick out of can finally meet other Idle Thumbs people. <laughs> yeah. What is the deal with his book? I don't know. It's I'm not very far. But like, it's like. I literally bought it at the airport yesterday. But like, they the made a movie of it. Yeah. Are they uh, making another movie though? The movie that was made they was made, made in Sweden movie. and it wasn't actually a film, it was a made-for-TV movie that got released theatrically everywhere else in the world. So but now, they were actually now they're casting making an American movie. movie. Well, well, that's because I mean, David, okay. David Fincher or someone is doing an actual movie. <laughs> I understand, but like that movie got a pretty decent release. Well, yeah, yeah I think well, people actually, I thought people it was well-received actually. Yeah, I don't that's know, weird. I don't know if it was super well-received. What do you mean? I think it's just like really popular youth fiction essentially. Like it's it's a series of books. It's not it's yeah, not youth it's adolescence. It's, it's not popular youth it's popular adult fiction. It's like it's like it's for adults. Sweden somehow barfed out basically like a Grisham. But yeah, I thought it was like young adult fiction. No, it's no, it, no, it's, no. it's all it's all adult people. Mm. Everyone in it is grown up. It's pornography. If you flip through the original Swedish text as originally typeset, there's an animation of a cock. It's <laughs> uh, sort of ASCII art. An ASCII dong. Yeah. ASCII dong. This is episode 13, the ASCII dong. It's the girl with the ASCII dong. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I've never heard a better cast. I, I have all the other ones. Not me. <laughs> I hear, I hear that Big Daddy isn't a Big Daddy. It's actually called a Large Father. <laughs> <laughs> Corpulent <Okay>. Pop. <laughs> I think Large Father was a Silent Hill enemy. That does sound like it. Corpulent Pop, then, please. Well, they want to keep the same letters, so they're just Beefy Dad. <laughs> Taco Bell owns that. Oh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> I like the Beefy Dad meal. <laughs> oh, it makes me nervous. Some beefy dad makes you nervous. Taco Bell. Does that bring up stir up? Memories? When Sean gets nervous, he farts, but he also farts when he eats Taco Bell. Therefore, Taco Bell <laughs> makes Sean nervous. That is either uh, modus ponens or whatever the other one is. Or an X-ray of a penis. Why would Steve put an X-ray of a penis on a forum? Steve's done weirder things. Video Dear listeners, if this ends up on a podcast, which it won't because it's sound check, you should know that the fart that is in Sam Max 305, the city dares not sleep, that comes out of a Max monster, is actually Jake Rockin's it's butthole. It's not my fucking fart. It's not my fucking fart. Episode 13. <laughs> you know who's here? You know, you know who's fucking here? The fart police. Idle thumbs. We're fucking children. <laughs> I love, I love we're fucking children. Me too. I just had a gross experience. Let me tell you about it. <clears throat> Sean, famous, quote unquote, if you could see my fingers right now, they'd be air quoting, uh, Vanaman, reached out towards my mouth. Chin. With his hand. It was my mouth. Hi, uh, readers. Excuse me, sorry. What? Don't let him get it wrong. It's, it was his chin. It was um, his mouth. Mm. Wasn't going to go in there. <laughs> so I could tell Far. from the look on his eyes, he was going to go in there. <laughs> I saw his eyeballs looking at the mouth. I saw his hand going towards it. I knew what was coming. And then it touched you. He had no idea what was coming. <laughs> uh, and then it went in. It was gross. <laughs> it was the worst. This is the worst story. I'm really ashamed of myself now. For yeah, some why, 
<laughs> it's... <laughs> uh, oh, I said Gunga Galanga. I, I, I wish sometimes that some people could ever finish a single sentence. Yeah, that'd be nice. Yeah, sorry. Occasionally. But aside from that, it was good. It's the video game podcast of August 26, 2010. Steve, Steve, Steve. Steve. This is it's video games. Steve, 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 Steve. Stevia. What's up? It's August 26, 2010, and this is the Idle Thumbs podcast, episode 13. 